Look at all these alternative comic book creators. Alan Moore, Art Spiegelman. Oh, Dan Klaus. I really identified with the girls in Ghost World. They made me feel like I wasn't so alone. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Do you know anyone who works at Batman? Because I really want to draw Batman. I'm awesome at utility belts. Check these out. This is where the Batman keeps his money, in case he has to take the bus. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore, you wrote my favorite issues of Radioactive Man. Oh, really? So you like that I made your favorite superhero a heroin-addicted jazz critic who's not radioactive? I don't read the words. I just like when he punches people. How do you make his costume stick so close to his muscles? <sighs> Mr. Moore, will you sign my DVD of Watchmen Babies? Which of the babies is your favorite? You see what those bloody corporations do? They take your ideas and they suck them. Suck them like leeches until they've gotten every last drop of the marrow from your bones. Hey, teacup, why don't you chill out? <sighs> Very well. <laughs> oh, little Lulu, I love you, Lou, just the same. <sighs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Alex. This episode is, or this podcast, I should say, is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. And also be sure to head over to the BatmanUniverse.net and help support the Batman Universe server cost drive so they can continue to bring all the great podcasts that they have over there, including everyone's favorite, of course, right? <laughs> the Batman podcast. <laughs> I say that with quotation marks. <laughs> Are you sure about that, Tim? Yeah, no, I'm not. So that's why I use the quotation oh, marks. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this is episode 110. My name is Tim. And joining me, as you just heard his voice, is Dane. What's up, Dane? Okay. Yes, I'm back for another podcast that I had to miss last week's because I was busy at work, unfortunately. Is it... It, I mean, it always seems that way. It it always seems like I'm just really busy right when we're, we're going to record. Like, <laughs> like, we can change the day, and I'll still be busy. So. It's like, no matter what day, though, that'll become your busy day. It's like, the yeah, podcast recording is tied to your work somehow. <laughs> we just can't plan this right. I don't know what it is. We just can't do it. We just have to record while you're at work. <laughs> yeah. But, Dane, you're back for a monumental episode. A lot of big stuff to talk about on this episode. We're at the 60-minute mark for the Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute minute commentary. We've got tons of Rebirth stuff to get to, which is going to be awesome. But the biggest thing is what makes this a monumental episode. Joining us for the very first time, you've heard his emails, and now he's here. Alex joins us. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Hey, finally. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, big fan, so... Thanks, man. We appreciate you being with us all these years now. I mean, uh, we were talking about before we started recording, but I know we didn't send the email or set up the email address for episode one, but <laughs> right when we did set up the episode, it was like 15, 20, something like that, I think. But Alex was the first one who sent an email and never looked back ever since. So <laughs> it's like, I'd say 99% every episode since we set that account up, he sent an email. And what are you talking about? Better. He's never missed. He's never missed the show. Okay, right. done 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%, Tim. You have to get it right. But I'm sorry to sell you short, Alex. I didn't mean to. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. I mean, it's cool because it felt like we know you already just by interacting with your emails and your uh, questions that you sent. It's so good to finally chat with you live and one-on-one. So thank you for coming on, Alex. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, no problem at all. So I'm 
Very happy to be here. Awesome. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it with, as usual, the Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute commentary. Dane, we've hit an hour. <laughs> we've done 60 minutes of this commentary. Can you believe it? No, I can't. I was about to say, I almost can't even believe we've stuck to it for 60 episodes. I mean, <laughs> we only have, God, I don't know, 100-something more. At least you could... Claim 60 minutes. We're staking our flag, bat, our bat fans flag, right on the 60-minute mark. We made it that far. And, and you know, I, I'm I'm truly wondering if anybody else is doing this. Do you think anybody else is doing a minute by minute commentary? How, no. for, for not only a Batman movie, but any movie at all. Uh, I can't see how. If they if they are, I, I think we have to get the claim that we did it first. Yeah. <laughs> we did this yeah, about a so. year and a half ago, or two years ago now. But I think it's Alex. I gotta no. When you first heard that, we were like, when you're listening to the episode and you heard, you heard us say, "Oh, we're gonna be doing a minute by minute commentary." What was your reaction? I was like, "What are these guys doing?" Or this should be interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought you guys were pretty dedicated because I think a lot of people would say, "I would," or you know, maybe me uh, would watch the movie, splice it up by one minute, and then just make crazy pred- predictions about stuff going around the world and tie it in and see how everything turned out or something like that. So you guys, uh, um, props to you. <laughs> uh, that makes it all worth it to hear that. For giving us props. <laughs> it's, not, it's not all for Netflix, thank goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to continue on with Minute 60, and we're on, finally, Dane, we're, at, we're moved away from the moment where Bruce and Alfred were talking after yeah. uh, right when Alfred left. I know we've been stuck on that for like the last three, three or four episodes. Four? Yeah. yeah. So we're moving on. So everyone go ahead and get your dead media formats, VHS, Betamax, LaserDisc, VCD, projectors, all that HD, stuff. DVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start the countdown in three, two, one, go. And Lucius is telling Bruce he has no more money. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like that aspect brought into the movie, like life for Bruce Wayne, where he's broke. Just add another wrinkle to something we haven't seen before in a Batman movie. Yeah, but they're doing the, the kind of Green Arrow thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have anything with uh, just Bruce Wayne and Morgan Freeman. and Well, I should say uh, Christian Bale and Morgan Freeman and Alfred, because uh, Michael Caine, uh, because the acting so... Brilliant! I think uh, the way they developed the characters was just amazing. These movies. So. Yep. I even like that scene where Lucius comes in and he says, "You're answering your own door now." <laughs> like he just delivers it so perfectly. Now they're going down the bunker. What does this look like a trailer park? And then now <laughs> it just goes into the secret bunker. Yeah, and I'm glad we finally got out of Wayne Manor because because we, we've been there for a long yeah. time. <laughs> And it's like the perfect spot to end it because the door is opening <laughs> yeah. to, to reveal the secret uh, bunker that Bruce has there. So left it on a good note. So I didn't, I, I didn't know until after the movie that that machine thing mm-hmm. looks ex- almost exactly like the the machine in uh, the uh, Batman Begins. Which one? They, they both look the same. The two machines. The, the machine that. Yeah, the microwave. Oh, yeah. Do they? Yeah. See, I closed out. I closed my window already. That had the movie open, so I can't really look at it. But next episode, I'm going to notice it just look the same because I never really picked up on that. 
Oh, well, I guess I have a better eye than you, too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I do have bad vision. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to be doing something a little different for this episode, where normally we get into our featured topic. But since the big thing going on in the DC world and Batman is the whole Rebirth relaunch and the special one-shot issue and the Batman Rebirth comic that came out this week, so we're going to save that because that was pretty much going to be our featured topic but we might as well just save it for when we get into it in our comic reviews so i'm um, just going to go into the big news story that happened the last few weeks there really hasn't been much except for yesterday uh, we knew it was coming but now we got the first trailer and official release date for the batman v superman ultimate edition now i don't i don't know if you guys are going to be buying this dane i said <laughs> i know you said that you're probably not going to get it but um yeah Alex, did you happen to see the trailer? And when you watched it, did it, you know, get you excited for it at all? Or it still was pretty much the same reaction you had from when you see the movie? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Be honest. Uh, I I thought the trailer looked pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't know about Barbara Gordon, but I I'm just not. It's it's just not my thing, so yeah, I won't Dane, be picking it up. Did it do anything to win you over at all, or <laughs> is it still pretty much just going to be, you know, wait for my review and say if <laughs> it's anything worth watching for you? Because I have to say, when I watched the trailer, it got me excited for the movie again. And I know I liked it more than you guys, but again, it was still a disappointment for me. But seeing this, like all the footage again, it's like... Ah, it looks so good, but then when I think about how disappointed I was with the pacing and some characterization stuff with Batman and Superman, it's like, uh, it like got me excited and disappointed again at the same time. But I am excited to check out the extended cut and see, you know, if it fixes any of the pacing issues and just add more, you know, fanboy stuff for us to geek out over and to get excited about the future of the DC Universe. So, I don't know, did it do anything for that with you, Dane, or is it, you know, still kind of looks the same to you for what you saw in the movie? Uh, I'm right there with Alex. Um, not very excited for this. Um, even with your review, if you say, you know, it, it does make it better. I don't know if I'm going to really, I don't know if I'm going to buy it. Um, maybe, maybe if it goes into that uh, $5 bin in, in, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. in Walmart, the, the DVD bin, uh-huh. you know, um, is just not my thing. Like like Alex said, it's just not. Yeah, I just didn't like the movie that much. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, with the trailer, there was because I, I like the trailer. Like I said, it got me pumped up for it again. But in some of the extended scenes and dialogue that they had, it felt to me like I hope this is not the case. That it was just more of you know people being mad at Superman and calling him out and just showing that you know they don't want him here. Because they show that news report, you know, that uh, witness talking about the uh, the thing he did in the desert where they think he killed all those people in there. And so I don't want it to be more just people bashing Superman and, and just saying how, you know, they don't want him there. Just, I hope, I, obviously there's going to be some of that since it's in the trailer. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't make the bulk of the extended the scenes that we're going to get. Yeah, and don't forget the, um, uh, the scenes with uh, Superman going in to give testimony. Um, yeah. Like, ho- hopefully that, that, that there's not that much there. I mean, uh, hopefully, or they cut that whole part out 
entirely. <laughs> I don't think they're cutting anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I was actually hoping they would give Superman dialogue in that sequence because that's yeah. my biggest problem. That he didn't say anything when it was this perfect opportunity for him to say why you know he wants to be here and protect Earth, but nope, it blew up before he had the chance. Yeah, and I think uh, I think I saw on the internet or on Twitter or something. Uh, it's going to be more focused on the Africa stuff with uh, Lois. Yeah, I think this is going to be more with Jimmy. I think he's actually going to say his name and don't make for sure everyone know that Jimmy is dead by the time (laughs) you see that sequence. Oh, man. Alex, you brought up, too, because there was that sequence of Jenna Malone, and uh, they were saying, I mean, all the rumors, and you've heard so much stuff saying that she's probably Barbara Gordon, but when I saw that, I didn't get a Barbara vibe from what she was... She was talking to Lois, too, how she was saying what makes you so great is that you're still surprised by all this stuff. I don't know, do you, do you still, still think Jenna Malone is playing Barbara? Because first I thought she was, but now I'm not quite sure. I didn't think it was her. I just saw that... Uh, or uh, I, actually, I didn't click on the link. I just saw that you said the trailer, and then I looked up the trailer, and uh, the whatever... I, uh, when I typed into Google, it uh, brought me to Comic Vine, and the uh, uh, editor, the chief editor who posted it, I think that's what he's, his position is, I'm not sure, said it's uh, Barbara Gordon. So Gotcha. I didn't see, I didn't, because uh, she had, I mean, she had blonde hair, but I guess that doesn't mean anything because it's, uh, the characters look different ecstatically than what we're used to, so... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think she is going to be someone we're familiar with, and she may still end up being Barbara, but just, I know, it's hard to base it just off that one quick shot in the trailer, but it just made me just a little not too sure about it. So we'll find out, but it's going to come out on uh, July, I'm trying to bring it up, July 19th on Blu-ray, but here's the thing that always gets me. It's going to be on digital first on June 28th. It's like three <laughs> weeks before the Blu-ray. Like, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to wait <laughs> just for the Blu-ray. I'll probably end up downloading the digital copy because... Everyone's going to be seeing it, and I know for sure, and talking about it, and I want to experience too, so <laughs> I'll probably be ending up getting the digital one and following the Blu-ray later on. How much does it cost, the uh, um, the Blu-ray? Let's see. Do I have the price on there? I'm trying to look at it right now. Hopefully it's not overpriced, like um, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, was it? Or that was it the trilogy? The whole trilogy? Oh, yeah, the Ultimate Edition yeah. one. It was like 90 bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it doesn't say it on the article here, but I'm sure if you look on Amazon, it'll have it. But it might be around 30 bucks. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have the special features list on there. Some of them I'm looking forward to seeing. You got Uniting the World's Finest, Gods and Men, The Meeting of Giants, The Warrior, The Myth, The Wonder, Accelerating Design, The New Batmobile, Superman, Complexity and Truth, Batman, Asterity and Rage, Wonder Woman, Grace and Power, Batcave, Legacy of the Lair, The Might and Power of a Punch, The Empire of Luthor, and Save the Bats. I'm not sure what that one is, but um, and pretty curious to see the ones that are just dedicated, these featurettes for ones for Batman, ones for Superman, and ones for Wonder Woman, obviously. Just, you know, kind of hearing more of you know, their explanation to these characterizations, especially Batman and Superman, knowing, you know, that was some of the problems I had, and I know a lot of people had with the movie, so... Don't know if their explanation will help others or even myself appreciate what they're trying to do more or not, but curious to see more of what they have to say about it. So I'm excited for it. Um, but so if you guys aren't going to get it, I'll definitely let you know how it is and see, let you know what the new scenes are and what uh, the crew and the 
actors had to say about it and all the featurettes and stuff. So you guys can wait for what I have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, that though, those uh, behind the scenes, though, I mean, I actually, I think I'm interested, or I think I am. I'm interested in that. I would like to know what they were thinking on certain choices. Cause I exactly. mean, I, I, I think, and, uh, when I, I was whenever I brought up anything Star Wars, I was just you know kidding around with you. I really to me those prequel movies, I I don't get that war at all. Whatever, I just I, I, I wasn't watching those movies until actually until your podcast. And I'm like, oh Star Wars. I mean, I, it was just this fun thing, and I watched it again. It's like, oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know it's fun, but uh, you could tell on certain things what George Lucas was trying to do, and then you could. And then, you know, fans or everyone or what the movie conveys is different, like for uh, Anakin's characterization, where he was trying to make him a victim. And then it turned out, well, he seems kind of like a sociopath from and a lot of things didn't seem uh, the characterization kind of seemed off. And I think that's what may have happened with uh, these characters where maybe they they had a interesting take. But they just didn't know, or just something happened and uh, didn't come off right. Or uh, there was four uh, hours of footage, though, so I don't, right. I don't yeah. know what you know what happened. I mean, my problem was I'm a Batman fan because uh, I like I really uh, have a certain idea of the character, but I can judge a film for what it is, and to me. Uh, the problem there's a lot of problems like the like you said the pacing the editing and then there was the I thought the acting was really weak uh, except for uh, Ben Affleck and uh, mm. what's uh, Jeremy Irons and mm. Gal Gadot we saw it just I, I mean I don't know her acting ability from that it was just she could be great I, I just have no clue from that movie it was because a lot of it was like watching action figures to yeah, me. She didn't have a lot that's, of dialogue, that's for sure. Right, and that's, I mean, do they... Uh, did you, you said that there's going to be a behind-the-scenes of Wonder Woman or explaining her character because that's what I want to know. Were they... Was there something that they were going to do with her? Because that's the problem with the movie. There's just so much going on. They're like, let's mm-hmm. uh, just chuck it all in and I don't know if it's... Uh, I, I don't know what they were trying to say. That's the problem because there was so much stuff. So it would be interesting just to, if, because uh, I mean I love the, I love Batman. I want to see. Uh, I want to be optimistic for Justice League. I don't enjoy any of Zack Snyder's movies, but I want at least. I have to be excited for them. It's just I love Batman too much, so. Uh, but yeah, I just so, like, so I want to see what he was trying to get at, and just maybe it's like okay, maybe get hope for the next one. But I don't want to. I, I mean, I curve my expectations. I'm not gonna. Well, who knows? Maybe I'll say uh, when I see a trailer, I'm gonna get ex- excited because it's you know it's, it's more Batman. But exactly, it's gonna be hard not to. And yeah, that's the right thing. Like keep your expectations in check, but at the same time, still be excited for what's coming because. Like when you said that's like when you see the trailers, even with Batman v Superman, like how can you not get excited when you see that stuff that is on there? And you just 
hope right. that the finished product ends up uh, living up to the excitement that you have. So yeah, because I think that I think this trailer looked like it looked good, but then I remember when I saw the movie and I wanted to walk out just uh, just multiple times, and I was you know I was covering my face at certain points, not covering my face. I mean I was just uh, just kind of had my hand over my mouth a bit sometimes because some of it looked really silly like this Bruce floating up in the sky and then mm-hmm. some of this I was just like I, I don't know what he was going for I thought it was a parody to be honest and uh, I, I mean the guy I'm, I I want to see I want to know what Zack Snyder was intending I just you know because I I like this universe. You guys told me about uh, Jeff Johns being involved. So now, how can you not get super excited? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I was hoping for too was a commentary track on here because that would have been great to see him or to hear Zack Snyder just go in depth on every scene in the movie. But I don't think that's on there, which is disappointing because I always love commentary tracks. Oh, I listened to the uh, Man of Steel one, and uh, I like that. That was uh, it was interesting. I don't think it, you know, I don't think what he was talking about was in the movie, but I like what he was saying. So, yeah, it would be perfect to hear stuff like that for Batman v Superman, but maybe it's just not listed on here and it'll be on there. <laughs> like we do, like on the back of the box, it'll say audio commentary, but or hopefully I'm just missing it, but I don't see it on here. But if he did it for Man of Steel, I wouldn't see why he wouldn't do it for Batman v Superman. Uh, I think Zack Snyder did two commentaries. He did one. Oh, okay. I didn't listen to the commentary. I watched, uh, he did a side-by-side, and he started to show, like, how they made, I think, made the film. He was explaining the... Okay, that's right, yeah. stuff. And to me, that stuff was all... I, I mean, I liked it better than the movie. Because <laughs> I like, uh... Like, you know, I've, I've said my stuff about Superman, but, uh... Because I didn't, I don't like certain. I really don't like certain portrayals. What they're saying, but what Zack Snyder, what he was saying about Superman, I really liked it. I liked everything. It's just not translating, and I don't know. Uh, I uh, I looked online, at, and I remember a lot of fans were complaining and peeing on Goyer, and uh, I don't think that's fair. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, Collaborative effort. I don't want, you can't blame one person, but the, if you're gonna, you know, he takes the brunt. Yeah, that's so, usually I mean, his, it's his, it's a, a Zack Snyder film, so that's why, you know, a lot of times, I mean, we're aiming at him, but obviously we're not just like all hammering on Zack Snyder, just that's just, uh, it conveys our. Just saying Zack Snyder kind of covers everything. It's kind of like how I yeah. say I'm a Batman fan, but when I say I'm a Batman fan, I'm including, you know, Nightwing and Alfred and stuff, so... Exactly, yeah. Just the whole Batman universe in general. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh... The stuff you're excited when the film started, like the costumes and all that, and, I mean, that seems superficial, maybe, but that's... <laughs> No, you I don't think so, because, that. yeah, it just gets us, that's where you go there for, or at least a good part of it, to seeing these characters brought to life and how they look and their cool costumes and their abilities on the big screen, and to see all three of these iconic superheroes together for the first time, that's exciting, that's what you get, you get you pumped up for this movie, and I will say, too, when they were on screen, it was, it was great, I wish it was a little longer, but when they were all together, I had that geek out moment I was hoping for, it just, 
you know, it was kind of a little bit of a drag to get there <laughs> to that moment with everything that was going on in the beginning and all that stuff. Oh, right. Like, uh, when I, uh, when they first showed that trailer, I was just, uh, I was just so ecstatic. And you know, I've told you guys, like, this is the, this is the greatest costumes like, yeah. ever. I was, I was just so, because uh, the costumes, I, I'm not like the person, like, the costume doesn't make the character. That's, that's just, uh, because it's like to say that, you know, I know uh, uh, some people may want to have just the costume that's good enough for them. But to me, that's just like, okay, a Halloween costume. That's that's not character. That's just aesthetic is what gets you in. And for certain characters like uh, Batman, the costume tells about the character, though. That's exactly. what, you know, it's... And I liked uh, uh, the Nolan costume. I I thought it looked really cool. But that's not it. Uh, it's it's armor, so it's just practical. And I you know I like practical. It, the character was so great. When the, if the character is great, I don't care what they're wearing. It's like Wolverine is a cool character, but he wore a clown outfit with the yellow and the blue and the like. The, it made no sense, but you like the character so much, you're like I don't care. But with Batman. Uh, with this uh, this costume, it's it's really shows like, hey, what would a guy, what would go through a guy's mind that he dresses so evil looking? Like mm-hmm. you go, and then it's like the loud. Like I don't know how you felt. Uh, did you you like the smaller bat? I like the loud and proud uh, bat. Like just uh, it just it just shows confidence. Like there's all different visual things, which is it, what I'm saying. That's not just a wasn't a costume like it, it told it conveyed to me as as a fan and stuff that's it's just uh we, we really get the care we really get this uh just uh this over the top fantastical part of the character that transcends just uh uh you know it's it's so the the creativity versus just like you know this crime to war it's just this I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just rambling nonsense, but <laughs> I get what you know saying. what I'm saying. It does like like it just plays in you know to the thing I go to like the motivation for him being Batman, going to the extremes you know to get you know like you bring out his costume to strike that fear in the hearts of criminals that he's aiming towards, and I think this costume does it better than ever, anything we've seen in any of the previous live action Batman movies, and maybe it would have been cool to see more scenes of. Like Batman doing that to criminals, and it was cool to see him just perched up there on that ceiling. And Batman, that, that's just what I was going to bring up because you couldn't do that with the the Nolan costume. Yeah, it would, be, it would just be all black, and it, it just went. That looks scary. It looks like a like the Ben Affleck one looks scary. It looks yeah, like, like you can't blame the cop for shooting at him. Like if you see that up there, like your instant instincts would just kick off and like just be scared and try to defend yourself. No, the, no. The man. only thing that would make it just more perfect. Like the comics in the animated series, if he had like the white lenses in his eyes, I don't, like if he was like in that moment where he's perched up there and see him in the shadows and you see those white eyes there, oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I that, always love that look when they do that in comics and in the animated series. That would be, I mean, that would be terrified, <laughs> uh, which is perfect for Batman because that's why I think we love him. Uh, yep, totally. I mean, we're making progress. We've got a pretty comic accurate suit now, so maybe. And the next one, or the next rebooted Batman franchise in the theaters, will get him with the white lenses. <laughs> That's my hope. Right. And uh, 
you know, uh, I can go into more about the character of Batman because I had my complaints about the whole, you know, killing, and I know you don't like the killing either. Yeah. But to me, here's okay. I I never want to see Batman kill, but uh, if a writer's if they're gonna make him do it. I think you have to say this is you have to make a whole point of this is why Batman can't kill because once you start you go on this whole path you don't think rational and that could have set up you know going into after Superman like really getting into that and showing being giving like a really uh, anti-violence message which is why I like uh, uh, I read like the Punisher and the Punisher is. Uh, when written well to me is just they show just he is a monster and this is why you might think this is the easy way to go but it's really it's a really scary thing when you start breaking the logic down and thinking just uh, with your emotions and just uh, when you start losing just that little bit uh, I guess respect for life and you just go down down that path and I think that would have been a really interesting thing, and then that would have connected to what I was saying with uh, with the whole Jason argument with if he was ever to see you know like Red Hood or something, and they would have that ideology. You could say, "Yeah, I know uh, this is I know what happens." Believe me, it's it's terrible. And if they ever like build up um, him and you know Superman's relationship to this really good uh, brotherhood kind of thing, and said, "Look." I tried to kill this guy. I was just like, going to slaughter him because I just once you start cracking, and I know, and that could actually make a more complex, maybe not more complex character, but give. Uh, well, yeah, I think it could. It could. Sh- it could show just how much this man. Because to me, I'm Batman. Batman goes through everything. Batman just lots of different experiences. So that would have been an interesting take to me. I don't know how you feel about that yeah kind of going to that point one of the things that i kind of liked about the new extended trailer we got was you hear i don't know who actually it might be someone that clark kent was interviewing to get more information on batman but he was kind of saying i don't know the exact line but just basically pretty much saying he's like a different person now he's like he's out for he's out there and like taking no like no prisoners and no mercy he's a changed man type of thing to kind of show more that this wasn't always Batman's way, and he's kind of more recently got this more extreme way of fighting crime with, you know, the branding, the criminals, and like we saw in the movie, uh, killing someone, unfortunately, in the Batmobile. So I like how we're maybe getting more into that aspect that this is a different Batman than when he used to be. And it was kind of implied by what Alfred was saying in the movie, but if we get more of that, I think it could work better for this characterization of Batman. And another thing, too, I did like that line Alfred had in this trailer, too, where, you know, Bruce just said this might be, like, the greatest thing I leave, or, like, you know, by uh, talking about the Wayne legacy, and Alfred just says in the trailer, and so falls the house of Wayne. And he's kind of accurate about that, where knowing what Batman's going to do and just how far Bruce has fallen and, you know, going to that more extreme of wanting to kill Superman. So if there is more context, I might not like it still, but to see more characters kind of acknowledge that and show that this is a very, like, change of Batman, it could work better for the movie in the end, even though it's, I would kind of prefer Bruce not go down that route at all, but right. it would, like I said, add more context and complexity to it. But uh, when you said that, uh, 
the so falls the house of Wayne. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried just based on like this movie with that that's a I agree with you, that's a you know, a great line. But then we'd say so falls the house of Wayne and then we don't do anything with it. We don't go we don't have much conversation with Alfred and then we just go on and that's what I feel like what was the problem with a lot of this film where they throw out these yeah. cool concepts and it's like yeah, we're not going to build on them. We're just going to... Sh- here's another scene. You know, here's another yeah. scene. Here's another scene. Here's another scene. Hey. No better example than the nightmare sequence in Flash. <laughs> as cool I didn't as those were. Flash. I didn't... I thought that... I didn't... No, I'm like, wait, is this... Because I didn't uh, see the Marvel movies or anything. I'm like, wait, is this, like, the Vision guy? I, I didn't... I really didn't know who that was. And I'm like... I saw that he had, like, a mustache and... He was yeah. like a cyborg, and like it's okay. It's just I know I know Vision's Marvel. I'm like, okay, who is this guy supposed to be? Is this a? I, I like I don't know. I think okay, sir. I think there was this guy called Rocket, this red guy maybe. I I was and I know because there's a thing that went. Uh, I guess the interview they're saying that they're you know for the fans for the fans. Like I don't know what any of this is. I don't know what a lot of stuff on screen is. I didn't even know that uh, the when they sh- I saw the clip, and that was the mother box. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know who anything was. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they could have done a much better job with showing you that that is Flash because he wasn't really recognizable. I I don't see why they gave him that robotic suit that started coming off, and then it revealed you know his red costume, but. It was like, because I even, like, it took me maybe a few seconds to realize, oh, yeah, that's Flash. And mainly because I could tell it was Ezra Miller in there. Okay. Uh, slowly, when you, st- you start seeing the red of his costume, like, okay, yeah, Flash. And this is something Flash would do. But they definitely could have just, it would have been a lot better if you just, you know, his traditional Flash costume, all red, not with that, you know, cyborg suit or whatever he was wearing. Or he even could have said, like, Bruce, it's Barry, and something like that, just to give, the, you know, the comic fans who are and those who know who the Flash is just let them know right away. Yeah, that's Flash. But yeah. like you said, it's not built upon anymore in the movie. Like I was expecting Bruce to reference that at the end in uh, the funeral for Clark, where he's talking to Diana. Yeah, like I I had a dream more, and I don't think I think it's something more than a dream where some you know a vision or some sort. Just kind of reference something to that, but it just. You know, it's just there, and then they don't go back to it. So right, and just like getting with that dream, I mean, that apocalypse shot. I were how excited were you when you saw that? The when they showed the promo shot of that yeah. mega symbol, I was awesome. this this is amazing. This is the this is the great. This is going to be the greatest movie ever. I didn't think it was going to be the greatest movie ever, but as a you know a, a Batman guy, I was I was just so stoked out of my mind, and then. We got to the movie. I'm like, I don't. What's going? Why is this? He, why is this here? I don't know who. What? What? Who? What? Oh, now there's another scene. Wait. Okay, I think this is okay. There's another scene. Wait. Let me. Like, hey, hey, hey! I'm trying to figure this out. And then it's <laughs> yeah. like, wait, there's another scene. Oh, come on. So, uh, yeah, uh, which but- would be, <laughs> which I guess would be helpful with the Blu-ray, so you can pause or. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I. What were you saying? I was going to say, I mean, the pacing was my biggest issue with it because it was all over the place. It didn't have a good feel. And uh, seeing it a second time did help, I will say that, but it still doesn't fix everything as far as how it's constructed. And I probably just helped because I knew what to expect and I was able to accept it a little more. So maybe when you watch it on multiple times, the pacing will get better. And that's what I'm hoping more for than with the extended edition. Just with the extra scenes, maybe certain ones will be longer. Just to, you know, have it flow better. 
just instead of just chopping away here and there and going in one direction to another direction. So that's right. what I'm hoping for most with this extended cut. Just have it feel like a better paced and constructed movie in the end. That would be uh, interesting if I didn't. I haven't seen the Daredevil movies, but uh, did, I don't know if you saw it or it was Dane that said that he saw the director's cut and it was just a. Uh, Reworked like a completely different movie. Like it was yeah, actually a good movie versus. I don't. I don't know if it it was bad. I haven't seen it, so I can't you know jump on the bandwagon of one movie be bad or not. But that would be interesting if they could take someone. I'm sure. I'm sure from all those I saw, there's like Star Wars edits. Someone might do that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm. Uh, I want to know what he was thinking. The only thing that bugged me is, and this is what was a lot of my my comments were coming from, is that Zack Snyder was saying something like, "I don't want to see," uh, and I'm paraphrasing, so uh, people in costumes, you know, talking to each other for more than like a couple minutes because it's just silly. And to me, that's like, so then why are you making a superhero movie? Yeah, and then he was saying. With the you know reference to Dark Knight Returns and saying how you know Batman kills people left and right and I'm like this uh, I, not really this is, <laughs> but he didn't kill anyone that's even the cops like said that okay this is what we're getting him for for you know trespass or whatever breaking and stuff like there was nothing on they weren't going after him to murder until yeah not to mention yeah, he goes Joe, out of his way to say rubber bullets <laughs> yeah some way they I mean that's. And to me, that's that's why, because I know you said you were, you thought it was cool when he said, uh, uh, I believe you, and he busted mm. through, and I was yeah. just like, no, no, I didn't, no, because, it's, because I mean, it's like, he, he liked certain, he picked certain scenes he liked, but then, he, uh... I don't know. Yeah, I thought it worked really good for that moment. I got to be honest. I still love that one. <laughs> you, no, you, know, you know what? Every time, you know, if you, uh, if, you know, you can prove me wrong, I want to love everything. I never want to not like something. So. Sure. But, if you know, if I ever come around to like, I'm still, I don't, I don't want to see this movie again because I really did not, but uh, did not enjoy it. Unless you, if you say, you know, it, it's completely... It might be up my alley then, you know, I will rent it. But I, although, I mean, I want to see those behind the scenes, so I think I will rent it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I've heard from, like, people who work on it. I think it was a cinematographer who like, sent a tweet out and just said, this movie is for, or the extended cut is going to be for fans who like the movie. You're going to dig it. But for those who hate it, it's not really going to change your opinion on it. So. Well, that's, you know, I mean, that I appreciate that then. That's, I mean... Totally, yeah. yeah that's, um, that's kind of that's a good thing. Yeah, that. and that was go, kind of going in expecting that too. I mean, it's hard to totally thirty minutes to change you know entirely different movie. The stuff you had problems there are still going to be there. They might even expand on them more, really, if anything. Right, so. and uh, I think there's just uh, one thing though that um, that needs to be said, or not needs to be said, but. Just in kind of defense of this movie is that um, just it was kind of a studio response to uh, Man of Steel. And it seemed like, you know, a, there's a lot of, I think Zack Snyder might have had 
some kind of vision, whether I would have liked it or not. I think, I don't know if he got to tell even the story he wanted to tell. So, I mean, I think people can get, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't think he deserves like suit like animosity. Well, no one does for a movie. It's, it's a totally. movie. No one, no one deserves this. This is all fun. Anything I say, any criticism, this is just all fun. I got like nothing against anyone. This is just all entertainment. Just you know, geeking out over stuff. But exactly, yeah. And what are you saying about Zack Snyder? I think I definitely think it was like the studio that said, or you know, strongly like wanted them to bring Batman in there, just you know to bump up the box office number that it would receive. Unfortunately, you know, made a little more than Man of Steel, but not what they were hoping for. But I think once, you know, they kind of said to have Batman in this movie, Zack Snyder did get to tell the story he wanted to tell. So I think, yeah, maybe he wanted to do something different for the Man of Steel sequel, but once he got Batman in there, this is probably the vision he had for it. So. And I think he should have just stuck with Batman, just done that, because I think it would have been so much of a more focused movie i mean we still have had stuff like uh the i don't know did you like the the dream sequence in the beginning um in the very beginning was like him the going the floating way. yeah uh, i like that sequence i could have done without the floating i will be honest yeah <laughs> maybe a little too symbolic there but yeah it did, it did i know it's supposed to make it like it's a surreal experience for him but yeah um, I, I i think that i mean the idea was interesting. Um, I, I like the idea of um, trying to just build how... I mean, I wish they would have done something building a little bit. Uh, gave us an idea. Is he insane? It, what What is going on? Uh, so that's, that's something that I'm just looking forward to in that... Uh, behind the scenes or whatever what what's you know how long has he been having these dreams mm-hmm. have they gotten so much worse than after whatever happened with Jason and his you know uh, axe and stuff so yeah, I want to yeah. know why, yeah I want to know what's with the axe that's something I want to know <laughs> like, <laughs> did you hear too I mean, they were saying oh it's now confirmed that Robin that Robin suit was for Jason Todd and he was the one who died because one of the tour guides from the Warner Brothers studio exhibit tour confirmed it like when he was on the tour I was like uh, I don't know if that's something you could get everyone was saying 100% confirmed we got confirmation that oh Jason. really that's okay uh, I was like uh, I don't know if that's the best source to be basing the confirmation on I mean that guy might know his Batman history and just assumes it's Robin or oh, Jason cool. Todd so I don't know. I think it's still up in the air. I mean, it's probably going to be Jason, but I don't think we should be saying like 100% confirmation yeah, just yet. Yeah, but then that changes everything because that, if that's Dick, then I don't care. He can like kill everyone for all I care. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know what? <laughs> no, that would be pretty bad. they did that? I, what if they, that was Dick? I would that's believe... Crazy. I would actually be a little more accepting to Batman being that way, just knowing how, you know, if they go that route and then use that mythology of how close... Bruce and Dick were and how he was like his son if he were to die I can see that setting Bruce off to being way more extreme because yeah, yeah that makes that makes a lot more sense you know I actually like that because one of my issues was that I, it is a big deal for Superman to come down and cause all this destruction for Goth- for Metropolis and for Bruce to see that but to set him off that much I think there would have been has something else that would you know 
that kickstarted it before, but it really got put into overdrive when Superman came in. If it was Dick dying, I mean, I mean, let's face it, nothing against Jason Todd, but come on, Bruce and Dick's relationship's much more stronger than Bruce and Jason. So if it was Dick who died, I could totally buy into it more, really setting Batman off to go into this more extreme way of fighting crime. Well, that was the thing that kept it, that just finally broke him out of, you know, a lot of just, you know, thinking just completely always, you know, we talked to, you know, about the promise and stuff. Mm-hmm, exactly. And just going to the parents, you know, every day, it's like, uh, uh, just putting on this facade all the time, you know, he's just seeing all these horrors every time, seeing no one, going probably, you know, crazy in his head, he's all long thinking things. I know, you know, when I'm alone, I just, I, I can all, you know, they say the devil's mind, or, the idol mine is the devil's playground. Like all this stuff is just going on his head, and then he sees his kid, and that finally is like, okay, now I need to focus on, you know, making sure this kid's okay. And this, you know, and we don't know how long, far along their relationship developed, and that could set him off. Because once you know he grew so much with, uh, you know, Dick, then. Uh, I think that that left him more in check. That stabilized him. So then he was like, okay, with Jason, because mm-hmm. Jason was a wild card. Okay, but if that was like right in the priest in the start, I would buy that. Totally. But at the same time, I really don't want it to be because I want to no, see no, Dick no, and Nightwing in this DC movie universe. So. Right. No, yeah, I mean, and I want the, I want the Titan. I really yeah, I just want to see Nightwing. I just want to see a good Bruce and Dick dynamic in a movie. You know, all we got is Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Do you want that, a, that ain't cutting it? <laughs> if you want a flashback? Do you want? Uh, I mean, uh, earlier. Do you want uh, earlier movie? I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like this. I'd like to see a movie where you got Batman and Robin, but with Dick Grayson. But he's he's a kid, like t- 12, 10 to twelve years old, something like that. I want to see that dynamic in the relationship starting from that young of age and just add more and see, you know, how close they were. And like, even if they have a falling out, like how the animated series were, you buy into how like heartbreaking that would be if that happened to them. So I, I do want to see a Batman with a real young Robin at some point. And I don't know if we're going to get in this movie universe or if they're going to bring Damien in, but I would love to see a Batman young Robin dynamic. So booties and all, or, uh, no, they could update the costume. <laughs> Do you want like uh, like they did the animated series? They did like amalgamation between Dick and Tim. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that was like the perfect. And then uh, I think the second Tim in that series was basically Jason. Pretty much, Tim, yeah. Which I thought was great. I I thought that like that uh, that was the Clayface episode. I haven't seen yeah. it in a long time. Growing pains. That was amazing. Annie is that the girl? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so good. <laughs> Batman is so awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> awesome stuff they could do. That's why it's like I can't, I can't be down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like even if you're disappointed with Batman v Superman, there's so much stuff you got to go back and enjoy Batman. And I still think in the future to come in the movie universe, I think with Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck at the helm, they're gonna knock it all apart with their Batman movies. So still a lot to be excited for. It, it can't fail. Yeah, I, I I would be shocked if it does, <laughs> especially when you got Jeff Johns. Involved. Well, yeah, and if uh, Rebirth is any indication, you know he's not, you know he's not. Oh yes, <laughs> I mean he's great. You know, it's good. I have absolute 
faith, it's going to be uh, awesome. It's going to be the... I don't know if it's definitive because I like the animated series. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not um, I don't have any allegiance to like anything. It's just so far, I think that's the... That one took the best elements and just made a fantastic, you know, character with so totally. much depth. Compa- uh, and it's like, we should hope it's better than better than Yeah, the that's series, what I'm saying. Then it'll be the best Batman ever. <laughs> right, that's, and I just, I mean, to me, like, that's, I, I'm not one of the per, one of those type of people that just want to oh, stay this, stay this. I, I already saw that. That's boring. Why would I, I want them to do something interesting or a new take on it. I want to see uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, I want to see them raise the bar, exactly, do something yeah. completely different. Like to me, and uh, I still, I like uh, Dark Knight Returns as a it just as a well written, well you know, just how well plied out was. But you know, it's just that you know, there's so many great moments, great quotes, everything. But the animated series just really took that and just broke it out. And I think, I mean. It, it, to me, it's just insane how well done that series was, and then if we can get this uh, even better or just as good in live action, that's just because I mean he's. I think Batman's just. Uh, I think he transcends a lot of these superheroes into just like a. He's up there with the greatest just fictional characters. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, he's. My favorite fictional character, yeah, character ever. As I will say that Star Wars is my favorite franchise ever, but Batman is my favorite character, fictional character ever. I mean, right? Let's get Batman in a Star Wars story. How cool would that be? <laughs> right. You already got with Ninja Turtles. Let's get with Star Wars legs. <laughs> did you uh, Did you see that? Did that movie come out? That Ninja Turtle? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. How was I, it? I really liked it. I mean, I enjoyed the first one, even though you know, it gets okay. crapped on a lot by a lot of people. I like. I loved it every time the turtles were on screen in that first movie, and this one just takes that to the next level. They nail the personality of all, and the traits of all the turtles so good in this movie. And yeah, there's going to be uh, certain stuff where, like you know, going to be out there and far fetched with Krang and all that. But it's pretty much if you like the old 1987 series, this is what this movie is. It just puts that into live action. It's pretty much that series. So I, I this is I've said the tweet out saying. There's better turtle stories out there with the current IDW comics and the Nickelodeon TV series, but okay. if you're going in expecting the 1987 series, I think you're going to like this movie because it delivers on that front a lot. So I really enjoyed it. The turtles were awesome in the movie. Oh, that, yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm more into the more uh, the serious. That, Same here. Yeah. That IDW. What was it? IDW. IDW. Yeah, yeah, I only got to read a little bit of it, and I, like I, I wrote in was saying that that was, uh, I that was the best comic that I was reading, like that so and uh, Wonder Woman. But I thought that was the best, like the humor. I, I was it, to me, it's 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 a crazy concept. It's it's turtles. It's yeah, they make it work so good. Yeah. And they and it's like the the relationships are so good, the humor yeah. is so good, the writing is is like the you know, the action, just the the pacing, like I, I was just I'm just blown away. Like this is so much uh, I grew up with uh no, I like the X Men mm-hmm. and to me the older I get, 
they make no sense. That like the whole <laughs> idea. It's like okay, here's this grown all these grown men and women, and here's this you know this guy's two hundred fifty years old comes into the school and what what I don't I mean do, do they do any schooling? They come in, they play sports, and then they fight this mutant. Like the mutations is like. How how do you have a what happened to the DNA strand that they could have a teleportation power versus and like how aren't they you know derivatives like how come they're all not like just uh, different uh, types of like bone claws or something why is one mutant's <laughs> DNA strand that they can take harness the sun's power to an optic blast out of their eyes and then the other one can control the whole magnetic spectrum. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. And the Ninja Turtles, it's just like the their their turtles mutation, I just you just say it's radioactive stuff. Just say radioactive stuff. I don't know what radio what kind of radioactive stuff that can do. Maybe whatever that could could do. Maybe it could make them, you know, very yeah. uh, human like and then that even easier them. way. They just say it's from it's it's alien substance. So there you go. We don't know what this stuff does, and that's what it does. <laughs> right. And yeah, to me, like if you just say those kind of things, like I'm like I'm set. Just like uh, radioactive spider. I don't know what radioactive spider can do. I roll with it. That's great because I don't know what that can do. But uh, and then but with like whole kids, to me, it's like okay, he gets gamma rays. He gets big. And then shouldn't he he gets married? The more he gets angrier, there's you know there's a point that you know uh, how angry you can get before you just like pass out or something. To me, it's like he should either then explode like a gamma bomb or there's just to me that's how I am. Like I need some kind of like logical mm-hmm. thing, and to, it's just it's pretty crazy how the turtles they, they just work. It's it's I I I love. I want to read. I got to see if my because uh, I read through. I get the trades from my library, and uh, okay. Um, yeah, I was just gonna yeah, say I don't, have the, I don't have the money to get. Uh, that's why well, I haven't really been cut, keeping up with stuff because otherwise, you know, I don't care. Like even if I have my complaints, like Scott Snyder's Batman, I don't care as long as it's a good Batman. I will like I just like everything. If it, yeah, I was going to say I love. Written. I don't know if you uh, read digitally, but I guess not. But like the whole month of June, IDW the Turtles app is like a lot of the trades on sale for like three ninety nine, something like three oh, or four ninety nine. Okay. So yeah, yeah. if I didn't have those if, like single issues already, uh, I would probably <laughs> get into that sale and buy all those trades. Knowing how good they are, of course, it makes it really worth it. So. Yeah, well, I've actually been. I don't know if you. Uh, I got a free. I've been using a couple free trials of the Marvel Unlimited. Have you yeah. heard that? That's like the greatest thing. Why can't DC? Why can't DC that. That? They need that so bad. They'll get so. I mean, yeah. It's like for me, like I can't afford comics and stuff. And then this, you get this, and it's like this. That's the thing where I was uh, the one time I was asking you, uh, what do you prefer, DC or Marvel? Mm-hmm. And to me, I think. Uh, when I was asking that, I was just like looking over the app. I'm like, wait, I can see everything, you know, Marvel lay. But then, I mean, really, uh, you know, my heart's with DC. But yeah, it's, uh, it's such a I, good thing where you can just easily go in and look off their whole back catalog. I'm sure it's not everything, but it's a good chunk. Everything like there's a movie coming out, new Marvel movie. I want to read more about that character or a specific storyline. Right. Every time they have the story I want to read, it's so convenient, it's so good. And even for new issues, 
you, six months to wait may sound like a long time, but it really isn't when you think about other all the comics that come out. So it, they end up being showing up on there before you know it. So you can even catch up on more of the recent stories that are coming too. So all around, it's just such a great package. And well, DC needs to get on that. Oh, yeah, so well, awesome. Like, and yeah, like you said, six months, it's like, uh, we're, we're, we're so spoiled rotten with so many <laughs> different like, characters, so many like amazing, just... You got that right, Nowadays, man. yeah, we're, we're just spoiled. That's why I feel like I always feel kind of bad whenever I say something, but it's like, it's for discussion. I'm just bringing up points where it really intrigues exactly, me. It's like, yeah. this world is like, we are so fortunate to have all this amazing stuff. I know. I mean, for me, all this stuff I'm into, it's like the golden era of, I mean, Star Wars, all these movies and the TV shows I'm getting, like all these comic book movies with both Marvel and DC and what Turtles I've got, an awesome comic series, an awesome TV show, and the movies I'm enjoying. So every almost everything I'm into, I'm in a golden era because we're just getting so much content and so much awesome. So that's why it's not worth it. I mean, if you're disappointed with something, really dwell on it. It's like, treat like the end of the world because there's so many other good stuff that's out there and that's going to be coming so we're just like you said we're just spoiled <laughs> yeah well yeah well that's why i mean that's why i'm like oh my gosh that last email like i said about spider-man like isn't there like thousands of issues before any of that stuff happens it's like well oh my god I'm such, what what jerk I'm like what the heck come on man there's just so much great stuff and that's I, I was I went back and just started reading the old stuff like what the heck is wrong with me? This is, <laughs> we're so lucky. But uh uh yeah. So uh, I have a lot yeah, of just Yeah, we just need more positivity out there in the fandom, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess speaking of comics, we can go ahead and get into the meat of our discussion, even though we had a pretty awesome discussion on Batman v Superman from that trailer so that was cool but we're going to be talking about the DC Rebirth and Justice League issues so uh, normally this would be our conversation with Alex section but we got something even better you're here for the whole episode Alex so (laughs) we could go ahead and uh, unless you have an email prepared that you just want to read out loud (laughs) I mean do you want I, I wrote something last week I mean, I don't <laughs> no. know. You can see how funny it is, I guess, because I always, I mean, I it seems like I, I change my opinion like the five minutes after I write the email. I'm just like, nah, I don't feel like that way anymore. <laughs> so, but it's just, uh, but I guess writing is different than talking. You just keep, you know, going back and forth with your thoughts. But I'm not the kind of person who's very uh, static, which I think is a pretty good thing. You know, always taking stuff in, always, especially. You know, listening to people like you and uh, Dane, you guys are so, you know, positive. And then I might look at something like, uh, you know, might have a pretty negative uh, outlook on something. And then you guys come in with this new take and I'm just taking the information going, you know what, I'm I'm wrong or something. And then it's... uh, I forget where I was going with that. Let's just just read the email. (laughs) I'm so I'm kind of tired. So uh, Uh, no worries. Okay, I'm reading my own email. Wow. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Hey guys, awesome episode and amazing Darwin Cook tribute. That was such a cool opening. I haven't read his work, but after looking at his uh, work through a Google image search, I think it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I I mean I think that guy. He's such an amazing artist, and I. 
So good. I, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but totally. you know, he left an amazing legacy. So, uh, what was the story that, uh, you guys were mentioning e- ego, a uh, Batman ego. Yeah. Definitely look up that. Yeah. Train. That that's <laughs> really, uh, cool. And, you know, I, I like that cast. I like, uh, the really, the human side to Batman, the really intimate. And that's what you're talking like. Uh, what was it? Uh, who was the guy you're saying that he like killed his, he's killed his family. Yeah. He killed his family because he didn't want the Joker to do it. Yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff. That's with, uh, like, with Scott Snyder and stuff. I was, and same with uh, Grant Morrison. I like the, well, really, I mean, I don't know if that goes even to 80s stuff. And I'm not that, uh, well, versus a lot of my comic book stuff is when I was a kid and growing up, I, you know, I didn't have the money. And I would, I, and I thought I, I thought I read so much I didn't realize it. And I just real, uh, realized it recently that I would I read like the encyclopedias and I would just read I did a lot of that too yeah Yeah, and I'd go all over that's what I did with I didn't I didn't watch Dragon Ball uh, as a kid I I just saw I got the I saw just a coloring book and I just thought it looked cool and I would I had a pretty photographic memory and anything I saw I would just draw like crazy and I saw the cards and they gave like little story points I'm like okay I created my own story but uh with i did with batman spider-man x x-men and i would just uh just just take in everything and there is uh and i just draw the characters and uh so that's why i've really uh close connected some of them that's like i was saying uh, x-men i think i kind of um you know i i don't like them but it's uh i'm more I've kind of moved on a bit, but for <laughs> Spider-Man and Batman, those ones uh, were the ones I really, the characters I really care about, especially Batman, because I thought, like I was saying, I think he's just, he's uh, just such an amazing character. But, uh, getting back to my email, I guess. Uh, oh, I said the thing about fanboy. I just didn't know what it meant. I would, I guess I, you hear it's like a derogatory term, and I, then you were just embracing like you do because you always have an optimistic take on things, and that, which, which uh, I didn't think it was negative. I just didn't know what it meant. So it's like you know you can obviously uh, you know I'm a Batman fanboy and Spider Man. Yeah. I'm sure there are some who think it's like they want to be referred to as fanboy, but I embrace. I try not not to let the people who do give it a bad name ruin it for everyone else. No, no, I mean that's. I, I wasn't sure if it just meant like if you are a male who you are a guy that is a mm. fan that's fanboy or fit like I just don't know yeah there's the term fangirl too but I, right, I that's why I heard that, that boy is just in general that for that. everybody oh yeah because I yeah I heard fangirl like that wasn't a derogatory term I don't think that is that but then it's like I don't even know if the internet like we were talking like a long time ago we were talking about there's a lot of hyperbole a lot of means uh stuff going on with like talking about let's say this certain movies did something to certain you know people's childhood yeah. and stuff and all that don't get just, me started on that <laughs> right so I, w- I was just curious about that but uh and then uh oh okay yeah I was just talking about uh Zack Snyder and I was saying that maybe he'd probably be better at 
doing like a like martial arts if he was just to like just get out of any like semblance of story because I don't think story and plotting is Zack Snyder's strong <laughs> suit. But if he did like a which I mean. Like straight up action. <laughs> well, I was gonna say training, like train all different types of like diff- training, mm-hmm. and uh, this wouldn't be for a movie. This would just be for I don't know. I guess me, but uh, <laughs> but but we both win because I think Zack Snyder would be like like if you could see him just practicing martial arts or you know uh, his uh, escape artistry or you know with bearings, do all this stuff, and then you know you have him go off against the Justice League. And he, he, you know, he, you need your levity and in these films. So you bring in Batmite, you go zero and R, and you wipe everyone <laughs> out. And then you go and you get uh, Wally West coming through the Speed Force. And you take him and then, uh, you know, you say like, okay, someone mess with Batman's brain and we'll reset this. And then uh, off you go with Jeff Johns and... Everyone's you know happy. <laughs> well, okay, I'm I'm happy. I think Zack Snyder will be happy because he got to have the the violent fest that he got, whatever. And then we could just move on to what everyone else sees as the DCU with uh, Jeff Johns in control. But that sounds like it almost could have been the plot for DC Rebirth. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, I wrote this ahead of time. So because uh, as like I mentioned before, Wally West, uh, which. Because uh, he was my sec- he's my second favorite. Well, Justice League. He's actually my second favorite uh, DC character. Uh, I might put him like Nightwing third, but I like I really like Wally West. Uh, yeah, he kind of replaced because uh, uh, well, see, I can not say replaced, uh, but kind of gave me a Spider Man vibe. But he's he's not. He's really not like him. He just kind of like starts that way in the Teen Titans because he's kind of a jerk. But then you see what's going on with like how Peter Parker, I mean, he was a really angsty like jerk to like everyone when he started out. But then when you get, you know, you get deeper into the character and you uh, realize just the uh, uh, complexities to his life situation. Yeah, it's everything he's going through. <laughs> Right, because he's going through so much. I mean, I don't think because uh, I, I, you know, I brought the thing about the parents, which I was just kidding about. Uh, uh, what Aunt May? I was saying like how old she was, because yeah. I didn't understand uh, why they showed the Peter's parents were like in their twenties, but then it was like, I mean, she looked like she was like a hundred fifty in the comics. <laughs> it's like, well, what's going on here? Like wow, like it's, and then she's like you know fanning everything at every little thing she falls apart, which uh, I actually like. That's the kind of thing. I I don't know this the next Spider-Man movie because I think she should be kind of she should be sickly or something. So it's, that gives you know Peter to take care of and worry because he can't uh, stress out her heart. Yeah. But but the parent thing uh, that's was also something that gives depth. If I think if they don't actually explain it, but that might you know that could anything's an interesting story. Just what we were saying about uh, uh, Batman v Superman, if they took it into all different directions, you know, I think I think uh, as long as it's good writing, we're pretty much open to everything. But we just we really don't want uh, Dick Grayson to 
be that Robin, but... I did like to just talk about Aunt May in that line in Civil War where she just said, you know, Aunt's come in all shapes and sizes, kind of acknowledging some of the people who were saying, oh, she's too young, or she's not the real Aunt May. I'm kind of glad they acknowledged that at least, just kind of getting it out there. That, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying for... Uh, I mean, I liked that... Yeah, seeing Spider-Man was just... I... I didn't get, I didn't see the pre I didn't actually see the uh, Andrew Garfield ones, but I saw the the Raimi trilogy. That's actually the only that's any movie series. That's the only one I've seen every movie of a series in theaters. I didn't get to oh, see wow. the Nolan trilogy. I didn't. Uh, I really uh, uh, like Spider Man and Batman. I was I was kind of protective of like uh, I didn't want I was. I, I wasn't like uh, I I just didn't know if the studio would do just what I liked. It, I it's I also didn't really see any movies, obviously, since that's the only series that I saw every movie. <laughs> and just like because uh, you, I was saying that I wouldn't be buying Batman v Superman, but I actually didn't. Uh, the only I didn't get the Dark Knight or Batman Begins when they're out. I didn't get them until. Uh, like 2012 or rewatch them again I, I just watch things and then I'm like I uh, move on mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I'm kind of the opposite where like I don't watch a lot of stuff if I really like something I'll just watch that over and over again so like, I'm sure I'm missing out on a tons of like other great movies that are out there but I just get the inkling to watch the stuff I already like more time because I like it so much well I mean well now I do I uh I like that uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I've seen that movie. Uh, I don't know, like twenty times. <laughs> like that right movie that it's just so. I I mean I'm a big Godfather fan. I mm. like this, but and I, I always say those are my favorite movies of all time. But I've only watched them three or four times. And then that movie, I, I said 20 times, I don't even, it might have been more. I, I love that movie. So if I really like something, uh, yeah, I, I won't get sick of it. It's just, uh, and that to me, like I said, that, that Batman the AMA series depiction of the character is so good. So I can't be, you know. Yeah, so like I, like I said, I haven't watched the Batman series, and I heard it's not as bad as like the reputation it gets. Like, I should be checking that out, but I'm currently in the rewatch of Batman the Animated Series because I just love it so much. So stuff like that, where I should be checking out other things, but I right. just go back to the things I love. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I love the Dark Knight. I love. It's just that I'm like, uh, I just, I like a different person. This Batman that I'm just so into. Sure, uh, so and not exactly that. It's not mean. that. It's just that. There is there's only there's just like we were talking about, there's just so much good stuff in this world, so Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. No. But uh, I don't know if your email the new ones if you had any questions that you see you can maybe stump me since they're on the spot. Oh I Yeah, I yeah, I didn't get uh uh let's see. Yeah, because I wrote this uh last like I wrote this one early because I wanted to make sure 
I just in case if I had anything like that, it's that uh. Spider-Man thing, like I said, I'm like, no, I'm not going to have any of that. So I'm going to make sure I reread and not be at the last minute because I was uh, in the middle of uh, something. Uh, so I was just uh, railing off something. But, uh, uh, oh, well, I guess I can ask I can take the opportunity to ask you since uh, Dane doesn't get into all this stuff as much as you, but... Uh, Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm anxious <laughs> to find out what it is if I can answer it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember... Never mind. Okay. You know what? Let's go with this one. Top, what are your uh, top five non-Batman villains? Top five non-Batman villains. Yeah, okay. in any fiction. So you can bring in Star Wars if you want. You bring in whatever. All right, I think I can answer this one pretty good. I don't know. If, I don't know about the order, but here are some of the villains. I'll go with Emperor Palpatine. I'm going to go with Palpatine over Darth Vader because Darth Vader is redeemed in the end, and he was once good. So while he is a good villain for a while, I don't know if he could be like one of the ultimate villains because he's not pure evil. So. Mm-hmm. Palpatine, his plan he had to topple the Republic and bring about the Empire with this genius. So I'll go with Palpatine. And then I'll go with... See, Magneto's another one. I really like Magneto, but I don't think he's full-on villain either. Because there is a good side to him also. But yeah. I'll, I'll put him in there, though. Because I, I just love his look and how cool his powers are. Then I'm going to go with Cell from Dragon Ball Z. His design is just awesome. And I just love how he is the ultimate villain in that series, even though, like, Boo's stronger. But the fact that he can take the... have the cells of all the characters in there and have their powers, I just think it makes him the ultimate threat, so... I like his voice. Yeah, me too. And even his theme song. <laughs> it was really awesome. So, Cell, I'll put Shredder on there, too, from Ninja Turtles, and... Not the Shredder from the 87 series, because that one is kind of a goof, but... Yeah. Like, the IDW comics and then the new, uh, the new Nick series... Total, a lot of complex stuff with Shredder just how awesome he is as a villain too so I haven't seen that Nick series but I was that was another thing I was just blown away it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies uh, villains are like I mean they're great like they're yeah I, I was like what the heck like like well how does this happen uh, I mean this fox character is like so, this white fox character yeah like, Alapax like yeah and she's so cool and then I read, what should we call it? Uh, that t- the turtle was like kind of like insane, like Slash. Yeah, he's yeah. it's he's funny. It's like yeah. he, I love him. Also, like, old right Hob too, the cat. Like yeah, his yeah, he's so awesome. It's really sad, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the, the design, just everything. It's like I could put them up there, like. Uh, you know, we could probably ask that too. Like, what do you think? Who do you think has the best rogues gallery outside of Batman? Because I think that one could go, you know, pre-compete with other ones. I totally agree. Yeah, a lot of you wouldn't expect that. I don't know if you would say that. People Ninja Turtles, come on. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody, if you really look into it, there's so many great villains. That's why I want to read that Batman series you've been saying. Cause it's that, all so good. <laughs> like, I mean, that sounds like it'd be great because I, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. That's another thing with, because uh, I, I watched Dragon Ball. Uh, a couple years or a few years ago, it was when it was after I started listening to your podcast, and uh, everything about I don't like like don't like anime. It's like uh, you know talking animals. It's gonna be like time travel. It's like 
oh, I don't like any of this stuff. And then it's just like, it's it's just like it took like this little piece of everything I dreamed yeah, when I was a child just, and put it together into like it. the yeah. greatest thing ever. Yeah. And it's like I can watch these guys work out like uh, – that's it. Just keep making episodes of them, all their training and stuff. Yeah. And even it's, sometimes when they go on, like, when Piccolo and Goku go on their driving tests or <laughs> they're just doing these mundane things, it's still that, Yeah. That's that's probably, that's one of the best things. That's one of the greatest episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the backwards cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those things. Like, that's why I think you can just, I mean, that's, that's a franchise that, because, uh, you know, Goku is clearly not uh as dense as a character as batman but uh i love him for a different reason i just love that you know that purity of just uh just i don't i don't even know i think his determination for just for his goal is just unmatched by just any i mean i even even say over batman just just for his goal just being strong and just i mean it just seems like such a kind of maybe so simplistic concept, but when it I watched so it, I yeah. just like I was just I. That's when uh, uh, I was having a hard time, like just even like walking, and uh, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna run, I'm gonna get to running, and it took me uh, a year and a half, but I um, you know. I run every day. That's what I was talking about. Uh, uh, I mentioned in previous uh, emails, and that was something with like, I'm like, I'm gonna look like a, a fool, cause, and uh, you know, it was, it was a big deal for me just to get to two houses, because of uh, my heart was really weak, and I'm just like, but when I was watching that, just Goku, and it was weird. Cause it's like it's, this is a cartoon character, and I just never. The only experience I ever had this in fiction mm. is Nightfall, uh, because just pushing yourself and just sure. going. Because to me, that's that uh, all men have their limits. They learn what they are and learn not to exceed them. Uh, and then talking like, uh, what was it? Um, and then I, is it I ignore mine? Is that? I think that's the quote. That's something that just impacted me as a kid, and I, I, I just I, I exercise as hard as I can, uh, and just and that's what I think is so great about these characters, just being fans about. It. I mean, sure, they're great entertainment. We like the stories, but when they can do something, you know, like you were mentioning for you, and inspire you to do those things, which may be difficult for you, that's what makes them like it takes it to another level too with your fandom for this stuff. And like you mentioned, Goku and Batman, they're like really. Two good examples, and I could totally get where you're coming from. Where how that those are characters that push you and inspire you to do those things. Which when I hear stories like that, it's just awesome to me. That that's what makes these stories and characters so special. Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I've been through so many periods where like I can just, I can't walk. Like I was just now, I look like I look like I'm very. I can, I've been you know curling like pretty good. I've I work out a lot. And I, but I go from not being able to move, uh, just on the floor. Like ex- I was, so, like used to be like really bony and just, just completely different. Then I change and just work so hard, and then I'd fall and I work so hard. And just uh, Batman, 
was really that night. Well, it was not just bad. It wasn't Batman. It was Nightfall. That story of just seeing. And I'm not saying that that's not the deepest story. Like it's not. I don't know if I could. I can't really recommend it to many people because you know there's not much density in the writing. It's very you know simplistic. The plot, the plotting is just kind of. It's kind of weak because it's just you know here's this guy that breaks out and then he just fights some gauntlets and just some fun. But seeing Batman just a regular guy, not well not a regular guy, but a man just go through so much garbage and he's just like he should mo you know at certain points like even the like most valiant person would give up and he's like no he's gonna keep going he's gonna save it he just just keeps saving him and keeps helping everyone to me that was like that was whenever i was just feeling so weak i saw that as a kid and that just kept pushing me on the matter like how things things got really dark for me and that's uh things got really dark at certain points and then that i that was that was where uh that was where I found kind of comfort. That was the one thing that kept me, and then it was seeing uh, just with like Goku with uh, having the 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 joy. You know, he's just mm-hmm. like he loves everything. And to me, I was pretty uh, pretty cynical at a certain point. And to see that, I'm like, man, I gotta be like Lucas, and he gets the he gets a tar beat out of him. That's what that's what you need to get me because that's why it's like a Superman battle doesn't really interest me like uh, Batman, like Goku, because like they get like ripped to shreds. Like he, Batman got his back broken. He, I mean, he got, I, I, I'm very much like a, I, no one knows about my, like what I like about this kind of stuff, but I told when I was a kid, when I read Nightfall, I had to tell everyone I drew it and people like, people actually really like, because I, I drew a lot and, uh, People would kind of like see what was I drawing, and I would draw uh, Batman just you know getting broken by band stuff, and I would talk mm-hmm. about it because I wanted an opportunity just to talk about it. like I I just I haven't read it in over a decade, but uh, just seeing smacked around over and over like he was sick, like he was so ill, and yeah. then this happens, and then he's like falling apart, and then he goes on and just starts dressing someone, and then he's like. That thing was his ass, where he's uh, ready to choke him out, and you know that's that's something like I don't hold against him because he he he's just breaking breaking down. He he doesn't want to like kill or anything. He needs someone to help him. He's you know he's human, and he goes through all these trials. And that's he's just not some like uh, you know oh I'm good. You know I can go through all this. You know I am Mister Perfect. And no, he goes to these different phases of you know he goes he has an ego phase like a really big ego. It's like. You know, Bruce, like, let them help you. And he's like, no, I can do this to myself. And then he, he keeps going on through all these trials. And to me, and he's got flaws. He's not a perfect guy. Like, he's got a lot of uh, pride and totally. things will work out so much better. And then he learns from that and he builds himself up. And then you get that scene where he's on, you know, he's on that ledge and then, He's ready to uh, was it the back, the back grapple, and he's like, no, I, uh, I'm not ready yet. And it's like he, he like you know, like he could have done it, but he's like, no, I gotta be worried. I this means something. This just this Batman just means so much. Yeah, yeah, yes, I gotta be worthy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to me like that that a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, 
formulate a lot of stuff I think of who I am, which is why the character means something beyond to me. And that's, uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's why he's very special to me. It's not just from a place of nostalgia, because I think uh, that story, I wouldn't say, like I was saying, it's not the most complex story, but you can get into which that, that animated series, even though it's, you know, ostensibly a kid's show, it, it's got so much depth. Like, I think it's, like, it's just incredible. And yeah. any adult can come, like, it's just so much better uh, when I'm older, the more I get, like, it's, it's so much better when I was a kid because when I was a kid, it's just like, I want to see, you know, Joker episodes. Yay. Oh, yeah. It's and just then, a better show when you're older, really. And then when you're older, it's like, this is just, this show is incredible. Oh, well, and the kid, too, I liked uh, my favorite episode was, my favorite episode as a kid was the one with the uh, Coyote Ken, because I was, oh, yeah, uh, because I just like the training and stuff, and that was, too. Yeah. He was always, anything, I need to care about, uh, the character I need to, because uh, that's the thing with a lot of these superheroes. It's like uh, their their personal their personal lives aren't really interesting. I need that. I really need to care about them. That you know, even like the different uh, you know, he's got the three different kind of separate personalities. Bruce Wayne, and it's just well, the one isn't that interesting as the facade as like the Playboy kind of thing, but. Uh, as Bruce and then as Batman is just so uh, incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's awesome to hear. Not awesome that I mean, you have to go through some rough stuff, but awesome that Batman and other characters you know, help you through it and help see better times, though. It's just cool to have these characters like, that can inspire you, just help you through those rough times, which makes them even more special. So cool of you to share that, Alex. So I'm not sure if it's like kind of that easy for you to talk about that type of stuff, but it's, it's definitely like inspiring to hear when you see that Batman can do something like that for people. Yeah. I mean, like now I, I'm, I'm older, so that's, I mean, I'm looking to, to different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but uh, I, that's why I really... Uh, have a kind of hard time with you know because I was or I don't know if you remember early on I was saying about the the Marvel films where I was like these I don't think these are really you know great films and you were saying that well yeah okay they're they're not be great films but you see this universe of characters and um later on I'm thinking you know what what if some kid gets connected to one of these characters like these this is why would I diss something where it's like uh, I mean, good. You know, there's someone help. These guys are helping people, and uh, there's more to it than that. Like, I mean, like I understand from like an artistic standpoint, but just you know, you like. But look what I was saying about like Nightfall. Like that, I mean, it's not the greatest story in my opinion. But look how much. I mean, that meant so much to me. And look at these other things that mean so much. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't. I. You know, I don't want to put any of that stuff down. Uh, and we live, you know, it's such, we're pretty, I, I just think it's insane that, like, that the biggest movies are, like, these people, it's, like, they want to go out versus their lives and help people, and, like, this is, like, the big thing that people like seeing. Like, I know they have, like, superpowers and stuff, but still, like, to me, that's nice. Totally. And it's stupid, though, when you hear people, like, the fans who complain about these type of things like when they don't like something and you know this whole thing with Captain America and the comics being with like, like part of Hydra now yeah I saw these, that and I don't get pe- 
I mean, yeah, regardless of what you think of the story, whether you like it or not, these people like who are claiming to be diehard cat fans that are sending death threats and mean things to like awful things to the writer. Yeah. It's like they're complaining that they made Cap Hydra, but yet you're acting like someone who would be Cap like. Yeah, that was something that I felt with like uh, Superman because uh, a lot of times uh, this probably fed into a lot of things, but. Uh, a lot of fans, I was noticing that they were ripping on, sending horrible things anytime Superman wasn't a certain way, mm-hmm. and certain what you call it and to me. It's like, but I thought if you're if you believe this character is such a you know virtuous person, I mean, how I how are you the kind of person to judge you know virtue based on yeah. your actions, sending death threats and. Like really, really vulgar, nasty stuff. Like I heard uh, interviews with, uh, or I was listening to like Scott Rodell. I'm not a fan of him as a writer, and uh, he was saying how how horrible he's constantly was treated on everything he did, and even if I mean that's just they're, they're This is just this is just fiction. Like I wouldn't if, if I say any complaint I a lot of times I'm just saying humor and stuff but I would never tell it to anyone I don't believe I don't like believe uh, you know that I mean it's just it's just fiction yeah it's, <laughs> don't don't I mean this is supposed to be good you know these are virtuous characters and even stuff like that that's I didn't know about uh, you said death threats. I'm sorry. I said what? Uh, death threats in regards to oh, yeah. America. I mean, this is—it's yeah. a—it's almost first becoming issue like, of something. Like it doesn't even matter if it's a first issue. It could be—it could be the hundredth issue of cap capping people up. You know, it—it it doesn't matter. You don't do that to people. Yeah. But it's, it's almost becoming a sad thing where it's like like a trend now to send death threats. Like because people just. To send the final take it seriously, well, I don't really mean I'm joking, but still, I mean, I think <laughs> so that's a, any so, level you shouldn't yeah. be saying that stuff type of stuff. So that's just that it's almost becoming a natural thing to see online when someone doesn't like something, it's automatic, like death threat type stuff. Well, yeah, but that's why I was that so, uh, you know, I love this is why the reason why I was so attracted to this podcast because you guys are just so, I mean, if you, I, I don't. You guys are normal. That's what I felt like. <laughs> like it's like you guys talk like regular people. Like I try to listen to the other podcasts, and it's just like really, you know, perverse and stuff. How they insult or how they talk about characters and people and stuff. I'm like, what? I I thought this was supposed to be, you know, fun, and I just. Like when I listen to you guys, I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is just great." I know it's you know there's other there's other people out there, but uh, yeah, I don't I I don't it's uh, social media. It's uh, I it's uh, it's kind of sad. I I I just don't know. Yeah, it really is, but yeah. But getting well, we try to do that thing. We know. But, be positive, but yeah. at the same time, when you don't like something, say it in, you know, in a, you know, pro- I don't want to say professional, because we're not doing <laughs> professional yeah. podcast, but do it, you know, in a polite way, where, right. like, you express your dislike, but don't, like, go overboard and say, oh, your life or your childhood's ruined and all that, just, right. yeah, it's way too extreme, but... But, uh, I had, uh, 
Butch McCall. This was a really offbeat one. I guess I like I saw the uh, Beauty and the Beast trailer, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if you guys uh, had any like favorite uh, Disney like movie uh, when you were. What was your favorite like animated uh, movie growing up and character? Yeah, well, growing up in the nineties, so uh, the like Disney Renaissance era with like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Yeah, those are. Up there is my favorite. So I think I like Aladdin out of all of them. That was my favorite. Yeah. It's just so much fun. The genie and the story. It was one of those movies where, like, it wasn't something as a little kid I was, like, really excited to see. It's one of those things your parents take you because, you know, it's an animated Disney film and just really took to it. They, like, got the soundtrack, memorized the lyrics, all the songs and everything. Yeah. But that I, was up there. But I do like the classics, you know, like Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, I really like too. So a lot of the early stuff. Really during the you know, I think it's referred to as the golden age of Disney. So a lot of those early stuff and then the nineties are my favorites. Yeah, I uh um I didn't see I don't know if I saw I don't think I saw any of them in theaters, but I was I I love the I was always into the the villain part when I, I was just like just get to the villain part get to the villain song get to Gaston's thing yeah. to Ursula. I don't want but uh you know, Gaston is one of the best villain songs. <laughs> that's that's uh, I I, I kind of want to see that character just because we were talking about certain things uh, uh, online. I just want to see Gaston just be complete. Now, like I'm kind of endeared to that character just because he's such a jerk. He like he doesn't <laughs> care. Like whatever I'm, uh, you know, he man, whatever. I just I just now really want to see that. Because, I know, see how they pull it off in live action because they're going to have the songs and singing in it too. So I'm sure that one's going to be in there. <laughs> yeah, that uh, the my favorite song I think of all of them is uh, like the mob song that I really like that and the uh, well, I also like Hellfire from the what is it the Hunchback? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that one's pretty. I don't. Uh, I wasn't uh, allowed to watch that. <laughs> that's the, I think that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, holy cow, this is uh, the performances and the motion. Just in, it's just insane how much care was put into those movies. And I don't want to be this one of those people like, well, you know, back then it was better because I, I, I don't keep up with, I don't watch any Pixar or anything. I don't know what's going on with that. And, I'm sure it's, you know, there's a lot of great stuff, so... I will say the latest one, Zootopia, is an awesome movie. It, I, it's up there with some of those classic ones. Really? Yeah. Oh, so. I, uh... I, when I saw The Forest Awakens, and I, I saw that, I'm like, okay, uh, okay, here's a anime kids movie. Uh, it's gonna be one of those, uh... You know, there's, a, there's a lot more serious themes in there, like yeah. the tackle than you would think. So. Well, when I saw the trailer, I just thought it was amazing, and I thought that uh, it was a sloth. Is that uh, yeah. that was just like I was like, I want to see, I want to see this movie. Like, oh yeah, oh wait, oh Star Wars is good, <laughs> right? But I, that, that's out. what I thought. Like right when I saw that, I'm like, uh, wait, wait, no. Because it was like a whole preview of the movie. Yeah. Like, Wait, scene, no, 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 no much, more, yeah. more. Come on. But uh, yeah, that that's cool. I got, I'll, you know, when that comes out on uh, DVD or yeah, it comes out next week actually. So, and I will just say 
Uh-huh, yeah. Wait, what, did, I mean, did it do well, or? No, it did really good, yeah. That's it's actually still in some years. Nowadays, things are coming up way faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not to spoil it, but I will say that slot scene has a nice payoff oh. <laughs> later on in the movie. A, a better one? <laughs> uh, not a better scene than that, but that character, that whole moment has a great payoff, like at the end of the movie. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely yeah. check it out. Yeah. All right, so I guess we can finally go ahead and get into our comic book reviews. I mean, <laughs> we got we got sidetracked. It's a lot of great conversations, yeah. though. So Sorry, I'm not complaining. No, <laughs> no, it's been an awesome the podcast getting to talk to you, Alex. Like I said, been so used to this. Reading your emails and answering your questions is great to finally interact with you, so it's been awesome. But um, for our comic reviews, we're going to be talking about Justice League number 50, the DC Rebirth special, the big one, and then Batman Rebirth. And of course, big spoilers, I'm going to be going into full depth about these issues and uh, everything that happened in there, all the big surprises. So if you haven't read them yet, you might want to hold off and then come back and check out what we think of them. But for our rating scale, I think to do something in honor of Rebirth and the ending, <laughs> what happens. Again, final spoiler warning, because I'm going to think the appropriate rating scale would maybe be uh, reasons that Alan Moore now wishes he never wrote Watchmen. <laughs> because, oh, you know, yeah. how upset he gets when anything tampers with that. We went the movie, the uh, before Watchmen storyline, and now this. So I can't imagine he's too happy. But yeah. uh, before we get to DC Re- Rebirth, I think it should go with Justice League yeah. number 50, because it's kind of the last big moment for the new 52 era as we know it and how it started off. And I know I haven't covered dark, the Dark Side one, uh, the Dark Side War too much on this podcast, yeah. but some big stuff happens in here that I thought should bring out. Overall, I really like the issue and just the whole Dark Side War in general. And this issue starts where, you know, uh, just this basic premise of it was Darkseid and an Amazonian, they had a child, her name's Grail, but her mother was training her to kill Darkseid. So they kind of, but this whole elaborate scheme to trick the anti-monitor and, you know, to starting a war with Darkseid and Darkseid was killed and the different powers he had went to the different members of the Justice League where they were gods. So like Superman had like God, more godlike powers, Flash and, uh, 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 Batman was on the Mobius chair, as we talked about on several episodes before. And then, you know, Cyborg's been uh, infected by the crime syndicate, and you got uh, Jessica, who has the, the power ring, is still there. So all the different members are trying to fight off Darkseid in this battle or being <laughs> or different aspects to their uh, abilities and are like either being controlled in different ways, so they're not themselves. And this just issue starts off with Steve Trevor being infused with the anti-life equation and she and Grail is using him to fight Wonder Woman and the basic thrust of this issue was that and we know from Forever Evil uh, Power Woman from Earth 3 was pregnant and she finally has the baby and this is a big key to (laughs) what goes down in this story because as Power Woman is boasting about the power this new baby's gonna have uh, she gets killed by Grail and she takes the baby and what she does is she used that baby, like, the point, the purpose of him is, like, to take away the godlike powers the members of the Justice League have. So he takes, she takes away Flash's power, which was the Dark Racer, which is kind of like a Grim Reaper. And he takes away the Lex Luthor. He was an other character, I forgot to mention, who had power. She takes away his godlike powers. And uh, I believe she takes Superman's as well. So it's just infusing this baby with all these godlike powers. And it ends up pretty much 
bringing Dark Side back. It's Dark Side reborn as this child, but he's full on Dark Side now. It was kind of like this thing where it was something where it was like an ancient Amazonian ritual where she was like asked to slaughter an enemy and resurrecting him with a chosen host with the infused power of the god. So that's how they got Dark Side back. But there are just great little moments in here because um, you get one one of my favorite moments. I'm just going to get right to it where. Batman is on the Mobius chair, and it's like he can't get off it. It's so addicting for him with getting this knowledge, but he just he doesn't have that strong enough will for it. So, what's thing? What is will in the DC universe? It's the Green Lantern ring. So, how Jordan goes to the Mobius chair and just forces the ring on Batman to give that extra willpower to get off, and it works. It's just such a great moment because I love how it's a parallel to Justice League number one in that first issue where Batman stole the ring from Hal Jordan. It was just a great moment, and now Hal Jordan is willingly giving the ring to Batman. So it was like a really cool callback to that. And there were just moments, you know, great heroic moments for different members of the Justice League, and just other characters like Jessica Cruz, who, you know, has been, been struggling having that being a powering infect her mind and doing her, doing, making her do things she doesn't want to do. But yet for this one brief moment, Cyborg was able like, to give her a moment of free will, and she sacrificed herself from the Dark Racer from eliminating Flash. So in that moment, instead of killing Jessica, it actually killed the being possessed in that ring, which was Volthoom. So once that happened, Jessica wasn't dead, and she gets the Green Lantern ring, so she's going to be a new Green Lantern, which was an awesome splash page, I have to say, of her with her lantern and her new ring. But the dialogue here, too, is great. Once everyone lost their godlike powers and they're going to take on Darkseid just as the Justice League, just as we all know and love them to be, and they had this great line where Superman saying, you know, we're not gods. And Wonder Woman saying, we were never gods. That's true because uh, gods, they watch from above. They don't intervene. But, you know, for us, we struggle and we fail. But we keep pushing through. We keep fighting. That's what makes us different. And this drives home the, home the point of, you know, how special these DC characters are. And I thought a fitting way to, you know, to display these characters in the final issue of Justice League before we start this new era of rebirth. So there's some great moments like that and great dialogue that I thought was really cool that Jeff Johns uh, gave to these characters and in these moments. So some big things happen at the end, though, after they defeat Darkseid. And what happened was Grail's mother kind of convinced her to, you know, take the anti-life equation out of Darkseid, which is another thing I forgot to mention that, you know, was able to make him reborn. So Grail listens to her mother and ends up killing her mother and Darkseid by a big laser blast. So... Darkseid, we just see her, Darkseid and Grail disappear. They're not there from the battlefield anymore, but they know the day is won. So, some big status quo stuff changes here. <laughs> we get the epilogue. Uh, Wonder Woman finds out uh, she has a brother. There was a prophecy that they were referring to where only the first uh, man to step foot on, Am- on the mascara uh, was able to, I believe it was to defeat. I don't know if it was, to, it wasn't to defeat Darkseid there was a prophecy, I'm having trouble remembering exactly what it was, but it had to do with the first male to ever step foot on the mascara. And everyone thought it was Steve Trevor. And so they were kind of using him to be the one to try to defeat Darkseid. But uh, Wonder Woman was told that's not the case. There was, she had a twin brother who was actually born the same day she was, who was the first male to you know step foot on the mascara. So that's setting a new status quo change for Wonder Woman that I can't wait to find out in you know her new series coming up. 
and then Lex Luthor. That's the only thing I wasn't too keen on. Like he went back to Apocalypse, and he was made a new Superman suit. And we you know in Action Comics he's going to be taking on the role as Superman. I mean, it can work, but I don't know. Not really too keen on seeing Lex to try to be the hero that Superman couldn't be. I'd much rather him see as still a villain, but being that person who tries to go against Superman. Just you know, being that normal uh, person of Metropolis to go against the power of Superman. So we'll see how that story goes. But Batman was the big thing. I mean, we were teased before that we would learn the identity of the Joker in this issue. I didn't get spoiled on it. I was just waiting for it. Okay, here we go. Who was it going to be? So Hal Jordan's in the back here. He's asking, like, what's going on, Bruce? After this big picture of Joker on the screen. And Bruce tells him, he asks the Mobius chair, who is the Joker? And Batman says, uh, it didn't give me a name. And he said, all the Mobius chair said was, there were three. And Hal Jordan is all, three Jokers? Like, what does that mean? And Batman's all, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So I'm glad they didn't give it a name. I would just, it threw a new wrinkle into the Joker, but it just added a new mystery. Okay, what is this going to be? Is there going to be three different Jokers? I mean, I don't know how necessarily I feel about that. I'd much rather it be a Joker, just one, you know, and you just have that mystery there, but... I'm open to see what it's going to be, but it'll just add more to the mystery instead of just, you know, answering a question about it. So we'll see how that goes. And then the last uh, page of it was Metron and Owlman, who Owlman took the Mobius chair once Batman got off it, you know, wanting knowledge. But before they can, uh, you know, utilize that Mobius chair, they just get vaporized as Metron just says, what's that? And Alamad just says, he's here, and you see this big blue flash and smoke <laughs> coming off of the Mobius chair. Leading you to wonder what happened, it says, continued in rebirth. So, a lot of cool stuff in this issue. Great finale and battle to the end of Dark Side War. And this great character moment, like I said, with Batman and Hal Jordan, uh, Wonder Woman and Superman, their dialogue, talking about what it means to be, you know, a superhero in this DC universe. So, a lot of great stuff. So, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five reasons that Alan Moore wishes he never wrote Watchmen. So, I don't know, Alex, what are your take on the whole thing with Joker? Is that something you're interested in, or just think we just well, leave it well enough alone? Uh, well, I think we'll get more into that with Rebirth, right? Is that... Is this... How much is revealed? Because I don't... Yeah, not too much is actually revealed about Rebirth with the whole Joker thing. So, we're, I think we're still going to have to wait to get more answers to that, so... It's, th- it's definitely a lingering question. So. Well, I mean, this is this is Justice League, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And then uh, well, I was just I didn't want to get into something that was revealed in Rebirth compared oh, okay. to that's what I was meaning because gotcha. I, I I expand it, but I don't know. D- d- should I wait for that, or it's just this? It's just the exact same thing that happened in Rebirth. Yeah, you can go ahead and go into it. Let's, <laughs> let's just do it. Um. I think that it's. I think they're doing a pretty. They're doing a pretty uh, interesting. I think it's it's kind of. Uh, I it's interesting. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of lost for words. Uh, yeah, it's. Intriguing, I think yeah. they're doing a really. The best they could do, and I think that's I gotta give them super props for respecting the new people that came in mm. and bringing like everything together because I don't think that's 
uh, you know, they, they, they made that number one, the new 52, and then to say, like, ha, we're going back to this. Not ha. I mean, I didn't mean that. I mean that sure, for, yeah, uh, sure. for for new people that were coming. Yeah, <laughs> you can edit that out. Uh, no, for new people coming in there, they were expecting to get in this continuity, and they just, uh, you know, I, I don't want them to, I want uh, everything to be kind of included. I don't want, you know, you don't want to be selfish with these characters. And, uh, I mean, see, see, I'm kind of conflicted because I'm trying to be like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to toss away a certain interpretation. But, uh, was it, was it completely resolved with what they did with the Joker? Because I didn't read, uh, all of Zach's, or Scott Snyder's run. Is that, no. is that like a complete or no? Not really. Think? We just left. We just left Solomon that bent still as a normal person. Okay. Not as yeah. A so then, I mean, you probably have you have to resolve that, but then bringing in the other two, like the other. Uh, I don't know how much is the second Joker, the Killing Joke. Is that covering just the Killing Joke version, or is that covering? Uh, I never read Daniel Neal's, but yeah, like, see, I'm taking it just like. I know where you're going. That beginning of Rebirth, where Batman's looking at those three eras of Jokers. That's what I'm saying. I didn't want to like get into anything if that wasn't revealed there, because I don't know Justice League. So yeah, not really. I mean, it could be. I think it's it's. it's well, I, I guess I gotta wait to see how it plays out. Like, I don't know if I'll be down with these different eras of Joker being different people, or if it's like. I don't know. I just gotta see how Rebirth plays out. Really, how it's gonna work. I'm just. I'm intrigued. So. Right. I'm definitely glad it just didn't give us a name and then it didn't like a surprise. I was this person who you didn't expect to be the Joker was a Joker. I'm glad they left it more of a mystery and so just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. But it's definitely intriguing, that's for sure. Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, for based on my own earlier comments, I prefer Batman uh, grounded. Like you were talking about Batman ego, like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I just really like the sim, the more away from like the more super powered stuff like I guess uh, kind of like you see the Joker I thought in Scott Snyder's was a little too like he could do too much like I don't I don't think that he should be able to I think it makes him stronger that Batman cannot uh, and Joker cannot compete with the rest of the league which I know you really like that to me it's like yeah. this, this is just the guy and that's why I'm thinking, like, to me, a lot of the stuff that that Joker I wasn't a fan of, uh, just because I thought he was a little too. He he's kind of felt like, you know, how Grant Morrison took Batman and kind of, like, he's all um, I was omniscient. Is that that's like all knowing kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Or is that where, I mean, well, like, like, like someone who's like all powerful type thing. Well, you know, his Batman. I don't know if I wouldn't say he's all powerful, but it seemed like he knew everything. Like he mm-hmm. prepared for everything. He's like, uh, he had certain rags set aside. It's like, oh, he whipped up a costume in a second. Like he knew everything, and that's what it seems like. The, this Joker, like that's in mm-hmm. Scott Snyder with his Joker. It's like he kind of seems to be way too much. Uh, aware of every little thing that's going on to me and he's he didn't really feel that much human to me he kind of felt more like you know mixy spill like kind of okay. <laughs> that's how that's why like and to me i like just just he's more of the regular guy so but then uh it's kind of, so everyone has a different interpretation so i should say like 
yeah, there's the different jokers, but then you could say I could say Connor should be one, but then the one I like, that kind is like gone. So, so I don't know. Uh, and I I also like that. I kind of like that old one, but the 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 classic one. But then is it getting too much like Grant Morrison? And it's like okay, this this couldn't possibly happen within this continuity and it's like this is supposed to be the world's greatest detective you know how come he doesn't know any of this like this is his greatest enemy this is like they know each other inside out so I just kind of like that though where like it would, Joker would be the one person you can't totally <laughs> yeah. figure out <laughs> and get them. if anyone's going to do that to Batman it'll be the Joker and so. I have see this is the thing with the Rebirth I didn't want to mention because I'm like are they going to do something with should I, I mean should I wait for that or Right, yeah, let's just get into Rebirth. Yeah, now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, what do you think of Rebirth overall, Alex? So, what was your take on the big stuff that happened in this issue? Because there was a lot of big things that happened. I guess, I guess we'll go over the section with the big things. Wally West coming in this story. I mean, I, I, during the monologue, I didn't get spoiled on this, thankfully. But um, Jeff John teased the like one of the opening lines is that I look down and I know without question I love this world, but there's something missing. I don't, I love that line. If I would have teased that in that rebirth announcement special, that fits the DC universe in the New Fifty Two, and there's this great monologue going on there about you know how I talked about his past and how now he didn't really have anyone out there until he met his hero, and kind of didn't get a good idea of who was doing this just yet. As we more as we read the monologue and as he goes to Batman, and then we see. Batman talking to Alfred and trying to get more on the Joker, adding more wrinkles to the mystery about it. As Batman says, you know, the Joker was caught outside Baltimore three hours ago. They transferred him to Arkham, and then <laughs> Alfred is like, "But there was someone who, you know, was dead. They found dead in a candy store, and so I was kind of there two of them." And Batman's like, "Still trying to figure that figure that out." <laughs> but then you get Flash's monologue. Or I didn't know it was Flash until then. But then when he was saying how you know I'll go to Bruce first, he's the world's greatest detective. If anyone can remember what I need them to remember, he'd be the one. So I'll try him first. And then you know he's got that great panel of a lightning bolt crashing in the Batcave, knocks Batman out of his chair, and he's here the lines, Bruce, Bruce, I need your help. And then boom, that's Flash, that splash page of Flash of Wally was. That was an awesome reveal. I mean, I just think. Throughout this whole issue, you're seeing the universe through Wally's eyes and telling you what he sees and what uh, is not there anymore, what's missing, and we get that the different aspects of DC characters, you know, like uh, the section with the Atom, you got one with uh, Blue Beetle, which I thought was really cool, with Ted Core talking to Jaime Reyes, setting up things for what's going to happen there. Adam has his own thing, then you got something with the Justice Society coming up, uh, Aquaman and Mera, Superman... So just touching on the different aspects of the DC universe, Green Arrow and Black Canary, that's a big thing that Flash was talking about. So I couldn't ask for a better character than this Wally West, this version of Wally West, someone who Jeff Johns, you know, kind of made his name for writing and is his favorite character. The Flash has been, I don't know if series Wally West, I think Barry Allen's been his favorite, but the Flash in general is his favorite character. So to have this version of Wally West be the narrator and the person, you know, that's thriving this rebirth story and trying to get everyone to remember what the old continuity was like. I just thought it was so good how it was handled. So what do you think of the reveal of Wally West being the person that's, you know, trying to get the people to remember everything before the New 52 happened? Eh. 
No, no, uh, no. Uh, I not was, the response uh, I was expecting. <laughs> no, no, I was uh, like, this is, this is. Uh, thank you. Like this is, <laughs> this is like uh, the cool, cool thing is that uh, Wally going to Batman first is because yeah. Batman was the one that Wally. Because I'm not really familiar with a lot of the, the other DC characters outside of, you know, Batman and Wally. Those are the the two that I know. Um, and to me, that was, I don't know, maybe that was just because I really like Wally. Um, that, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm familiar with Wally. Uh, when I saw him, he went to Batman first because Batman was the one that revealed or got. Wally to remember that he was the Flash because he lost his, he lost everyone got wiped out because did you ever read that? No, I can't say that. I yeah, have uh, Hal Jordan wiped everyone's memory of and with Barry Allen. Yeah. What was paralyzed? No, no. Uh, what happened was Zoom. Uh, this is like Wally West, well, Reverse Flash. Okay, and uh, he. He uh, he was upset with uh, Flash Wally, which is why I like Wally way more than Barry. I'm not because I have mentioned in my problems with time travel is that Wally wouldn't go help him to go back in time and fix things. He's like, if you fix your you're infecting other people's lives, you can't. I, I don't. I want to help you. And uh, the guy who um, he got like his back like. Kind of like crushed by a gorilla grad yeah, and uh, Hunter's Almond. Hunter's Almond. You yeah. know Hunter's Almonds? Uh, yeah, Zoom. Yeah, and uh, or do you know his whole deal, like how he, why he became Zoom? And all yeah, that? I, that's that's something I read in the DC Encyclopedia because I haven't actually read those issues. Okay. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, that's how like a lot of the stuff is me. Like, because I was like, wait a second, I didn't read any of this. I read this through Encyclopedia. Yeah. So <laughs> what the heck am I talking about? But uh, he made her. Uh, he went and killed uh, Linda was pregnant and she you know, had a miscarriage because he just bust, kind of busted her up and uh, then he went and I think shoot, I don't know I think he went and he just kept making Wally he's like use the time travel and it's like okay now I'm gonna just make you a better hero and I'm just gonna keep messing with you and he made him keep reliving it over and over again and uh when this went over, uh, or was, this was all over, uh, Flash went, I think he went, was it Barry or Hal's grave? And basically they wiped out everyone's, because his identity was known. This is how, why everything started. And they wiped out uh, everyone's knowledge of his identity. And uh, Wally stopped being the Flash. He didn't know who he was. And uh, Batman's the one that got him back and started to uh, remind him that yeah, you're the Flash explaining to everyone. He figured it out. So to me, it was like seeing Wally go to Batman first. And I'm like, oh, wait, so he gonna, he's going to get the bull rolling. The, yeah, I thought that too. The bull rolling for that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought it would be like cool. a Wally and Batman adventure like together trying to figure this out, but didn't yeah. go that route. But I have yeah. to say too, I did get a little invite me of Batman v Superman a little bit. <laughs> where Flash comes in and like just takes Batman by surprise. Uh, oh yeah, it got a little uh, parallel to that. I have to say, I'd say I this was, was a cool. bit more natural though. Totally, <laughs> I can't <laughs> deny that. But also like cool too because 
this is almost like a history lesson too about uh, Flash, Wally West's Flash, and how he came to be too, and how his relationship with Barry and with Linda Park too. That was another thing too, where uh, another great moment in this issue was where he goes to Linda. He's like, if anyone's going to remember me, it's going to be Linda. She's going to be the one to get me back because, like, he's in the Speed Force right now, stuck. He's trying so hard to get into this reality, but if no one remembers him, it just sucks him right back in. So. When Bruce didn't recognize him, he got sucked back in. And then the biggest one was for me was when he met Linda, and he like he's telling her all this stuff like like you're the love of my life, like you're the person, like no one understands me better than you, like if it's gonna be you and me forever. And she just says, "I don't know you," <laughs> and it's like that pain that you see in his eyes, and this is how, like he falls to the floor, and it's how much a struggle it is, like a combination between the speed force sucking him back in and probably just emotionally how hurt he was when he heard that. So. That was a pretty, like, you know, I'm going to say great moment because it was a tough one for Wally, but an impactful one in the story I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about uh, Linda? Has she been? I don't I, like, I don't know about the New 52. Yeah. I, she didn't play too much of a big factor, I think, in the New 52 Flash run, but I haven't kept up with Flash New 52 from, like, the last year or so because I didn't really like where it was going. Yeah. It was almost felt like it was trying to copy too much from the TV show instead okay. of being its own thing. So, but yeah, just the fact that when she didn't recognize it, it was like a gut punch to like to him and to the reader. Cause after everything Wally was saying, how yeah. special the relationship was. Cause that's what always happened. Like he, I mean, Wally just got messed around so much in the speed force and he always had Linda and that it's like his, she, it's gone. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> And I, I will say too, like it was cool that they acknowledged the new Wally West in the New Fifty Two, but I felt they didn't have to uh, explain <laughs> like the whole situation where he's like, "I got it right here." He says, "My father Rudy West had a sister and a brother, Aunt Iris and Uncle Daniel." And then he says, "My Uncle Daniel had a child, a cousin I never met. We were both named after a great grandfather, Wallace West." So kind of fit in how they could still be related because what Jeff John is trying to do is make it like. The pre-New 52 universe has always, it still exists in here, but nobody remembers. So if this Wally can't be the same Wally, you know, that we're seeing in the story in the pre-New 52. They have to be two separate characters to make it work. If it is one thing that no one remembers. So a little, I guess, retconning that Jeff Johns had to do here to explain why there is a different Wally West and to have two of them going forward in this. So, but I guess it works in the end, but maybe a little too convoluted when you try to look at it too much or, or too coincidental at that one out there. But I could let it slide. <laughs> just well, my, yeah, I'm just wondering how they're going to label him. Are they going to give Wally a new, who is he gonna, what's he going to be called now? Yeah, maybe one of them will be Wallace, like he said his great-grandfather was named after. But, oh, man, probably the best moment of the issue for me is when Wally is like his last hope to go to Barry. And like he said, once he sees them, you know, rescue people and how he says how happy he is to do it. And like, that's enough for Wally. And he goes, that's just one last motivation thing to try to do this one more time to get someone to remember him or not even that. Cause that's right. He goes in kind of saying goodbye. Like he doesn't expect to come out of this and he goes to Barry and he says, you know what? You don't know who I am, but I, you probably won't remember, but I just want to, like, say hello and goodbye just to let you know that there's something wrong with history. Like, go to Batman, like, that letter you gave him, like, that's the key. So he's saying that while he's not going to exist, he's not going to go out uh, sad. He's going to be thankful for the amazing life he had and for everything that Barry did to him. 
it was just great, and it's almost heartbreaking in a way seeing Wally come to the conclusion that he's not going to exist anymore, but he's going to go out and on a positive note and be happy about it. And Barry just like, who like who are you? Like I don't understand. What does this mean? And when Wally says those words goodbye, and you see that great panel like his face being taken away into the speed force, and you see a tear coming out of his eyes as he says goodbye. And then those two panels were Barry just snaps and he just goes Wally. And that he just grabs him out of the speed speed force, and he's just apologizing, saying, "I'm so sorry, Wally." And just goes to the floor, like, "Like I'm I'm so sorry." And then probably my favorite panel of the whole issue, that splash page where Wally and Barry just embrace in a hug, and Barry has a great line, "How could I ever forget you?" I mean, if that doesn't encompass you know everything that's been missing in the New Fifty Two with DC's great history, it's that line right there. Like, how could? It's in general, like, fans, writers, like, how can they ever forget this great history that DC has? So that was just a very impactful moment in this issue, and it gave me chills when I read it. It was just so, so good. Well, I think it worked really well as a metafiction, yeah. but also a good story. And that's a problem with, I think, certain things where it's like, okay, don't you're just analyzing, you know, your work and stuff. It's like, okay, but, I mean, I guess that's okay but you know tell a good story and make us care about the characters give them great you know personalities and uh yeah i i agree with you on that um yeah that that's the moment where it's like it 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 brought everything back but i actually have to say that my favorite moment uh is just how wally reacted to like you know okay i'm gonna go just like he's like accepted it and i think that pretty much set the tone for this DC universe being heroes where they're not going to be like, you know, oh, well, Linda's gone. Everything's gone. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm done kind of thing. It's like, no, he's like, you know what? Uh, he just, you know, content and stuff and be happy and, you know, so happy to see Barry. And that's what's like, this is, that's the moment for me where it's like, yes, this is, this is the heroes that I like. And that's the whole point of Rebirth, I think they want to try to capture that. These are heroes that bring hope, like optimism. Even that great, you know, promo image where, like, every member of the Justice League and other DC characters are just, you know, coming towards you, that those smiles on their face being, like, have that image of inspiration and hope, which they're really trying to capture. And you're right, Wally was captured that perfectly in this story, in this moment. That is so good. <laughs> I also like, too, how... He was explaining, you know, some of the stuff that was missing in the New 52, relationships, strong relationships that aren't there. And these examples of Green Arrow and Black Canary, how they haven't been you know, together or even met at all in the New 52. And now that's a, a big, you know, problem, really, that, that, that's been taken away from these two great characters. And he explains how, you know, it's someone out of time, like out of universe, who's doing all this, someone so powerful. And, you know, it's, uh, they took away 10 years I'm glad they established that too, because that was one of my big problem with the New 52. The whole, they've only been around five years thing, and they've had these, sometimes where it doesn't work, where Batman has too many relationships with all the Robins and all that, and sometimes it's too short, where the five years handles where, like, Green Arrow and Black Canary, they don't, they haven't met yet, or the characters don't have a chance to establish those relationships we know and love from the previous continuity. So I'm glad that Jeff Johns threw that in there, that ten years have been taken away. And then, just leads into the big moment at the end where uh, that's the other thing too. Wally was telling Barry about how Flashpoint kind of is the trigger point, 
but it wasn't because of you. When you fixed it, that's not what, you know, caused the universe to reset itself and be different. Something else happened to it. Someone came in to change it. That Flashpoint gave him the opening to, you know, remodel the universe and change certain things. And Barry's all like, you sure it's not my fault? He's all, no. It's something else. It's something more powerful that, you know, we've never faced before, stronger than, you know, Bond, Darkseid, anyone we've ever met. And saying that whoever did this, they did it for a reason. They... He says, too, I think they took years from us to waken us. So we get this, as Wally and Barry are talking over the monologue, we get to Bruce in the Batcave, kind of going to what Wally told him to do, the letter that Thomas Wayne wrote him from Flashpoint. But then he sees something down below, a shiny that catches his eye. And so he goes, you know, starts chipping away. And Wally's all saying he thinks they're going to attack. It's going to be a battle, you know, like between hope and despair, love and apathy, faith and disbelief. And, like, uh, as I, I try to remember, but I try to go to the comic page, too, because I want to get the words right. He's, Barry just, or Wally says, I can feel it. Even now, Barry, we're being watched. And there is the last page of the main story. Batman looking at the comedian symbol from Watchmen. And this is really cool how Jeff Johns did it. I'm all for this. I think it's awesome. But... I can't imagine what my reaction would be if I didn't get spoiled on it. I, I came so close. It was like a day before it came out. In a tweet, someone, they didn't even say what happened, but they mentioned like, oh, like what's Alan Moore going to think of Rebirth now? It's like, oh, well, I can kind of piece that together of what <laughs> is going to happen in this issue. Watchmen is going to be involved somehow. So that was disappointing to get that on Twitter because it was still an impactful moment, but... If just reading the issue, I would have no idea that Watchmen would have been involved in that. Pretty much, the New 52 is because of Dr. Manhattan. Like, uh, I, I'm blown away by that, but if I read that or found out just by reading the issue, my mouth would have been on the floor. I would have dropped the issue. I'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> I totally did not see that coming. But uh, it just sucks that I won't have that moment. I'll never be able to capture that. But I think it would have been awesome to experience that for the first time. But... I still think it's great that Jeff Johns is bringing the Watchmen universe into it this way, that it is Dr. Manhattan kind of behind this. Because I think it's perfectly true, since Watchmen has never been in any type of DC universe continuity, and Wally kind of mentioned that it's someone from out of time and out of universe, so it would make sense. It would be something like Dr. Manhattan, who they were under the DC umbrella, but never part of the universe, but now they are. And to change things in a big way, I think is awesome, and can't wait to see, you know, what's going to be in store and how, if they're going to do battle with Dr. Manhattan or how he'll reveal himself, I don't know, or I'm not necessarily sure when we're going to get that, too. Is it going to be, like, a massive event? I would imagine it's going to be an event story. I think they kind of tease one, too, that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are going to be doing, so if it's going to be something with Watchmen and Dr. Manhattan and the Justice League, sign me up, because it got me hyped for that, and how it's, things are going to be coming back now into Rebirth that Dr. Manhattan took away, so DC Rebirth did its job. It got me pumped up for what's coming next in the DC Universe, and embracing the history, and Jeff Johns is just a master, you know, taking problems that have happened in storytelling and then fitting it in to make it work and cleaning up (laughs) messes of problematic stories that happened. I think he's doing it again with the stuff that didn't work in the New 52, so I'm ecstatic. I love this issue. So many good moments. Great twists and reveals. Five out of five reasons that Alan Moore probably wishes he never wrote Watchmen, but I think a lot of DC fans are still glad he did because I think more great stories are on the way, so so good. 
What did you think of that twist, Alex? Um, I I thought that it was um, it, it was great. Um, <laughs> I was um, I mean to me. Uh, I you know I respect uh, Alan Moore. I, I, I really you know uh, I respect the work, and I I feel I, you know, I kind of feel bad because he you know he really uh, he you know he doesn't like accept money I guess anymore stuff for anything he doesn't want anything because just because our you know I guess artistic integrity which mm-hmm. you know I I, I respect yeah. that but I can't I mean I'd be lying to you if I was to say like. I, I mean I like it. I I think it's 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 really uh, creative. I yeah. I I think that it's kind of brilliant that this the Watchmen uh, was like a deconstruction of like all the heroes, and it's kind of like a cynical, really cynical um, take on these heroes, and uh, it's something I think is very well written. But it's not something I really and like. I can't be like, oh boy, I'm gonna watch like the comedian do his thing because that's to me, it's like that's uh, it's like not supposed to. <laughs> right? And, do no, it's not. It's it's great. And uh, but I'm. But I think the way you just. Um, I think that it's so good that it, this isn't gonna affect it if you just want that as a standalone and just based on the art and everything. Uh, I, I mean, if anyone disagrees, uh, you know, I, I respect that. Just in the same way, like, uh, you know, Carrie Kelly was used. I I, she, I didn't read that stuff, but I know she was, like, using the New 52. Yeah, they didn't really announce anything. Didn't right? do anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's like, I, I treasure the Dark Knight Returns is a big thing, but if they want to use something, you know, to me, it's... Oh, it's I, I don't mind. Uh, I <laughs> think that... Uh, this is why I was asking about the Joker because I was going to say, are they going to try to do anything with uh, Joker's at versus or in comparison with the comedian? Or are they going to now that they bring Ted Cord back? Are they going to start saying, okay, are they going to try to integrate that with Night Owl? Are they going to try to do uh, question with Rorschach? Are they going? Are they going to start like oh, what's going to happen? That are they going to say this is who they are? Are they would they? Do something like that. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't know Ted, um, what Night Owl's real name is. What would they say? Like that is Night Owl. Would they ever do something? And uh, I mean, so far, uh, I uh, I think this is a pretty much fantastic setup. But I don't know if that's. I I, I don't think this came off as Oz. Like you know, just some. Uh, just some last disc cash, um, um, cash grab. Like I think it yeah, feels natural. Like that's what's so bizarre about it to me, because it's like no, this feels perfectly right. And I think that it's a, it's a problem with um, some people have DC is the power level stuff, and that's mm-hmm. to me with uh, Superman, and uh, which doesn't really doesn't. Uh, it, I guess it's not really the power levels. It might be the more invulnerability because Wally West is like insanely powerful, and with that whole Speed Force stuff. But um, now you get that the, the biggest role is Doctor Manhattan because he's like just everything. Yeah, and you want so see, good for that. He can do that to the he universe. Can, yeah, yeah. So anyone say, well, uh, 
anything about Superman, I think that will make let let Superman be the lead. Let him be the charge in this. I think that would be because yeah. isn't he supposed to be? Some, I, I guess it's supposed to be Captain Adam. I don't know anything about Captain Adam's character. Nice. I don't know if that's just a, <laughs> if that's just a very uh, shallow or just to say like, well, he deals with Adam, so that's why he's the captain. Like, I think he's supposed to be Superman. Isn't? Nah, he's uh, not even close. <laughs> uh, no, but is Doctor Manhattan supposed to be like the counterpart to like the Superman? Is that? Nah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's what you should. And then you have him because I think I love Batman. But I don't want Batman to be in charge. I think uh, I think he should be uh, below Superman because that was to me that was the kind of off thing about the Justice League. It's like you can't have this man be far better than doing all these things when you have like Superman stuff. Like Superman, you know, he's Superman. You should take charge. You should, you know, Flash and Green Lantern stuff. They should be overpowered. Let Batman. You don't have to have Batman like to do everything. I think. Let these characters, let's you know, Superman lead. If this is how they they hype him up, because in my opinion, Batman is the center of the DC universe, and I think maybe you should give that somewhat to Superman. Totally I don't, agree. Because he I is that supposed to be that. Um, I, I don't want him to be like uh, they sound like in the story as like uh, oh this is. Because this is another problem. It's like they say, kind of making this like, yeah, you should see this guy as the, uh, this is the guy that is the greatest. It's like, no, the writer should say, make him the virtuous and then make me come to it. That's why I love the um, mm-hmm. Superman the Animated Series where I was watching. I'm like, when I see him, like, pet, what was, I think he was like a flamingo. And he's like, hey, little fella. And he's yeah. like, how are you doing? And I'm like, this is, this isn't the, like, the guy just saying, you should, this guy's great. Look up to him. This is like, no, it's like, this guy's so nice. He's so kind. I love this guy. Like, this is uh, like, yeah. He should be the uh, big. He this guy should be in charge. Which in the Justice League series, I think he was just thrown aside and like Batman was put and Batman was flipping over Callum back and stuff. It's like wait, how come <laughs> the Superman struggles with these guys, but then Batman's like, I can run out to the Mega Beam. I can do this. And it's like, but it was you so know, awesome though when you bring Well, of course, it's, <laughs> I, it's like I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> But, uh, I do like it too that like they're saying how Superman should be the one you know to lead the fight against Doctor Manhattan. That's what they're gonna go. And I, I'm glad too that it is the pre New Fifty Two Superman. It looks like he's gonna be the main Superman of this universe again because New Fifty Two Superman is dead. So old Superman that you know had all that great history um, from past uh, stories in the pre New Fifty Two universe is gonna be the one now the Superman. That's going to be leading the charge because Superman. I mean, there's a lot of problems with his New Fifty Two counterpart, so I think that's going to make a lot of fans happy that it is the pre New Fifty Two Superman who's taking over as the main Superman now. So I, I love. Uh, I I don't. Um, I'm not going to be buying it, but I like the idea of what they're. Or hopefully, maybe one day, if my like library gets in like a year or something, I could get maybe like a trade or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea of him like raising a son stuff. That's like it seems like that's yeah, just really the fact awesome. Be with really Lois awesome. again too. That was missing in the new fifty. Yeah, if I had the money, if I had the money, if I would love to read it because I think that sounds so cool. And they're kind of like, I guess he's gonna be like with Damien something. Yeah, like, that'd be, be, be kind of funny. That would be really cool. But, exactly. Uh, um, but this is what I was also gonna ask with in regards to the Joker, which I was uh, talking about when you joined the Justice League. Um, are they gonna do something? Because with that, do you think they do something with the Alan Moore Joker and then the comedian because they're very 
much the same kind of philosophy what they were going at I mean getting aside from the one more day stuff but really what he was saying like okay look at this world you know very uh, cynical uh, look at the world kind of thing I don't know if they're going to be doing anything or they they wouldn't go that far they're not going to because I think that might be a little I don't know too out there but yeah I kind of I gotta agree with you. I don't think they're gonna go too much into the Watchmen story and characters. I think it's mainly gonna focus on Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I think it's kind of changing the universe. But I think Jeff Johns being on, he's gonna, he respects Alan Moore too. Yeah, I'm sure. So he's not gonna you know kind of do things that would you know make him I guess more upset or or whatever and to kind of be disrespectful to the story that he told. So I don't think we're gonna get too much into that instead of just just mainly focus on what Doctor Manhattan has been I doing. I think that's the best. And did he uh, did he create the DC universe? Huh? Are they gonna go by that? Like did I know, he, no, Manhattan got, create the DC universe? Like that's so I know so I think like that's so cool. The hands that you see like the beginning of time, is that Doctor Manhattan's hand now? <laughs> like how crazy would that be? Yeah, you know what I thought that was because that this is what I was hoping the whole time and then I just like oh uh, the flat guy I kept following to see if the flash like, is Wally going to be Wally, Wally going to be because I thought when they first showed that hand like okay is this going to be Wally they're, they're, this is going to say like Wally reaching out for everyone that's what I thought it was and then uh, what you thought then it's like wait well, I found I saw like Wally's back only wait then who's his hand yeah <laughs> and um, but yeah what you were saying yeah, so good. So Jeff Johns, I gotta applaud you for a great job with DC Rebirth, and I think a lot of people are happy with the story and then being excited to be a DC fan again. But after I first met the issue, I sent the tweet out on our Batman podcast Twitter handle to see what people think, and we've got a couple of responses. One from James Gardner who said, "It wasn't too shabby if I do say so myself." Yeah. And then our good friend Rob and Terrence over at the Robin Everyone Loves the Drake podcast, uh, he responded saying, "Home." The feeling of home and family, so happy right now. And I think that's a lot of DC fans' sentiments yeah. about Reaper, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely. And we got our first taste of the Batman Rebirth one-shot with uh, num- issue number one of that. And I have to say, just right up front, I was a little disappointed with this one. It was it didn't really feel like you know a great like Batman jumping on point for this new uh, DC Rebirth status quo for what's going to be happening. It just felt like kind of like a filler issue before the next arc. And, you know, this is the first issue now with uh, Tom King and uh, Scott Snyder is co-writer on this, but it's mainly going to be Tom King's story since he's the new uh, head writer now on Batman. So um, basically it just it starts off, you know, with going different moments of the spring. It starts off with Duke uh, coming to Alfred and he say down here about the offer. Then we get to Batman fighting Calendar Man, and it's a new take on Calendar Man. He was like a more uh, supernatural and power element to him, where like every year, like every season, he becomes he ages quicker, but then he like sheds that skin and he becomes young again. It was kind of weird. I mean, it was okay, but I kind of prefer just the classic Calendar Man. And so there's a moment Batman stopping him before releasing these pores that can poison the city, and Batman stops him by releasing this electrical charge, but then. It got, we then we move. It goes like days of the week, and then the seasons. Of the first part of the story was uh, Monday spring, and then the next part was Tuesday summer, where Bruce is training on like this uh, helicopter like pad. <laughs> it looks like, and then Lucius Fox is telling him, kind of explaining the situation where he has his company back. Wayne Matt or Wayne Enterprises now under his name, you know, after the fallout from Batman Eternal and all that. But this is probably my favorite part of the issue, where Lucius and Bruce were having this conversation about like. 
being crazy, like as far as he talks about Thomas Wayne, he goes, I once tried to talk your father into coming into business, told him being a doctor drives you crazy because whatever you do, people just get sick again. You make no progress. And said, he looked at me for a bit and got like real stern and quiet almost. And so he says, that's the look I've only seen again once. He says it was on the face of a masked man, you know, referring to Batman as I take it. And then, uh, he says, you know, or he's, Luther's saying that, man, the mass told me in a dark voice, you're right, Luther's, I am crazy. But the sick need someone crazy enough to believe they can be better. So what else should I believe? And it's like a perfect explanation to, for Batman to doing what he does. And I like how it paralleled to Thomas Wayne being a doctor, even though, you know, he's not really making progress. So I thought that was a, a nice moment between Bruce and Lucius. And then another, the main part of this issue was Batman taking Duke under his wing to be, you know, a sidekick, but not Robin, because Duke has kept saying, like, I'm not here to be Robin, and Batman says, like, no, I'm trying something new, and he gives him this new suit, like his yellow, uh, almost like a yellow motorcycle jacket suit with the Batman symbol, and it almost looks like a motorcycle helmet. Not the greatest costume, but uh, it's okay, I guess. But I do like the aspect that Bruce is taking Duke in, to taking him under his wing for what happened to his parents as they're still exposed to that Joker toxin. Like I said, when I reviewed the last um, issue of Scott Snyder's Batman run, uh, where they showed that moment with Duke just sitting by his parents who are just crazy, by that crazy look on their face, and he's just distraught, like, destroyed because his parents are still that way. But then Bruce comes to him and says, I'm here to help you. So I like that aspect that Bruce still, you know, looking out there for the kids who need him when something goes wrong with, like, with their parents and who need a, a father figure like Duke does. And so we see a moment with uh, Bruce and Duke ta- training, and, uh, like, on this tree, and, like, that is still, like, uh, telling him to keep going. And he's saying, too, that, uh, kind of going back to what Lucius was saying, is about how criminals keep just coming back almost better every time, like, how he's supposed to, like, fight against that. And Bruce is like, easy, we become better, too. So just kind of great character moments of setting up the state of mind of where Batman is in right now and Bruce uh, definitely a more optimistic Batman, I will say. So it was some good moments like that, but overall, nothing really monumental or special happened in this issue. It was just kind of there. So I didn't feel like as special as I think Batman's Rebirth issue could have been. So I'm just going to go ahead and give this one three out of five reasons why Alan Moore probably uh, wishes he never wrote Watchmen. So it was just okay. Uh, I forget, Alex, did you say if you read this one? Uh, no, I didn't. I. Uh... I looked to see like what was going on though. So, uh, but I kind of had a question about uh, Duke. Uh, apparently, or when I was looking at, uh, I was looking at the comments section, and since I didn't, I don't really know what's going on with a lot of the New Fifty Two, uh, and they were saying Duke, or do you feel this way that he's kind of like a Harper Row, or do you think it feels natural, or do you think it's like? Uh, a Robin should be in this place, and this is just a force the character. You, you know what? True. I kind of think if he seems like he should be a Robin the way his story is panning out, and how Bruce offered to help him and to take him under his ring, but he's still got Damien there, so that's not going to happen. So that seems. Uh, I can understand that you don't want two Robins out there because you're already going to have Tim as Red Robin in his classic Robin costume, which is awesome, but it would have been probably too much if he made Duke of Robin while Damien's still out there, so I get that. But I, I think it does feel natural, because like I said, I do like the story that Duke has set up so far. I mean, I haven't read We Are Robin, but just what I've read in the Batman comic by Scott Snyder, what happened to his parents and how he helped Batman in the Zero Year, 
I, that's enough for me to get invested in this character and how it is plausible and I think a good enough reason for for him to work with Batman and how Bruce would take him under his wing. So I think for both instances, for Harper Rowe and Duke Thomas, because I think Harper Rowe's story worked well too. It's yeah, it's playing out naturally, so I'm all good with it. Okay, and you didn't uh, you mentioned Tim Drake? Did you even think that was a regression then that he's going back to the '90s look or? No, I mean, I we'll see if they give an explanation for why, but I don't care. I just love that costume. <laughs> and the one he had in the New 52, I never liked his costume. So as long as he looks like that, I'm totally down with it. So okay. <laughs> it might just be a, the fanboy in me just taking over everything, but that's one of those reasons why I'm just so happy to see that costume back. Oh, I love it so much. Okay, and you don't think, uh, so now it's not like overload, like with this, how many Robins... Plus this Duke guy is Harper Pro. Or they she they mention her. We don't no, know. She she gave it up. I, I okay. believe that happened in Batman and Robin Eternal or the the Robin uh, miniseries. I have I'm blanking on the title right now. Or the War of the Ro- or Robin War of the Robins or Robin Wars. Oh my god! One of those storylines she gave up being Bluebird, so she's not in the mix anymore. Uh, okay, and uh, so is this Batman Rebirth? Uh, is are they? S- Saying or starting off with this rebirth one, two, whatever, finishing and then going to detective numbering, or because I'm really confused on the whole uh, numbering, what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, right now, these are just one shot stories. These, this Batman rebirth, this one issue, and then it's going to continue on with Batman number 53. The only two comic titles are going back to their pre new 52 numbering are action and detective. So, oh, okay, I, yeah, I didn't even know about that. Okay, so. You know, which makes sense since they're their two longest-running uh, books. So they want to hit those thousand-issue uh, milestones. So <laughs> that's definitely why they chose that one. Those okay. two would be the ones that they're going back to the original numbering. Which, again, they never should have renumbered in the first place, in my opinion. So, <laughs> But I aired my grievances on that before. I won't go into that again. I'm just glad they're doing it. Yeah, well, it's, it's also good for Superman, too. Because totally. he's... Uh, he's uh, not only is uh, he the original, or in that continuity, he's also you know the number one, the Super first superhero. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't yeah, agree more. Uh, that we that's kind of cool when it gets uh, a thousand. Yeah, it's going to be a monumental issue. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope. I just hope it's done right. It's not like too overstuffed with like non like. Essential stories in there because you know all those oversized issues can be sometimes. So. Yeah, I'd rather just get like if I don't just tell a solid story. Exactly. Yeah, don't make it too oversized. Even if it's just a normal what, twenty-five pages or whatever, it'd be fine. But yeah, that's gonna do it for our comic book reviews and the episode. So again, Alex, thanks for joining me on this episode. It was so great to have you on and to finally get to chat with you on not just Batman but all the other geeky stuff we're into because just by reading the emails. We're into similar stuff, so it was great to finally chat with you one-on-one about it. So thanks for coming on with us. It's, it was great. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I had a uh, you know, total blast, so yeah, I really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, it was a long time coming, so I was glad we could make it work. So uh, with that, yeah, as always, you can go ahead and check us out over at the Batman Universe at uh, thebatmanuniverse.net. And on Facebook, you can check them out at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse. And on Twitter at Batman Universe. And also be sure to 
help support all the podcasts by uh, donating to the Batman Universe uh, server drive. It would be much appreciated. And as always, you can follow our podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash batfanpodcasts and on Twitter at batfanspodcasts. And you can send us an email like Alex does for every episode at batfans.pants at gmail.com. I'll be curious to see what your email's about on the next one, Alex, since you're actually on this oh, episode. <laughs> totally so that- agree with this guy. Who is this? <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. And you can find me on Twitter at TimG311 and Dane at Dane Says Banana. And Alex, you're not on social media right now. You don't have a Twitter account. Okay. Hopefully you can get on that, because it'll be fun to interact with me on Twitter, too. Because that's where I do a lot of talking about this stuff also. When not recording a podcast. So, yeah, with that, that's going to do it. So, episode 110 is in the book. So, as always, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.